operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. We are back in Better Than Ever, Comic Book Revolution Podcast. As always, I'm Rock, by my side, the Orson Welles to my Rita Hayworth, Stephen. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I am doing um, doing wonderful. <laughs> I, I can't do an Orson Welles impression, so. Good enough. <laughs> uh, as always, you can check us out at comicbookrevolution.com. For the latest news and reviews, you can check our Facebook page out, Comic Book Revolution Facebook page. You can check us out on Twitter at CB Revolution. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock2K's Revolution. You, Stephen. And you can check me out at President Glover. All right, my friend. We, uh, you know, Stephen, today is, let me check, March 1. Yeah. Spring is around the corner mm-hmm. in our neck of the woods where we are, Hampton Roads, Virginia. We tend to get pretty mild winters. We tend to get pretty early springs. Yes. And, uh, but, you know, like, geez, we don't get snow. We haven't got snow in forever. <laughs> well, not real snow. <laughs> like a dusting. <laughs> yeah, we got a mild. Hey, uh, y'all were closed down for it. I know that that, that bare that bare. Dusting we got like four weeks ago or three yeah. weeks ago. It's pathetic. So it, normally we get nice mild winters. Mm-hmm. Our spring comes early, Stephen. But let me tell you what. Uh, baseball season has started for me. Mm-hmm. My son's playing baseball. Uh, Stephen, let me tell you what. Yesterday, 45 degrees. Cold. Yeah. Not fun. Not baseball weather. Yeah. Not enjoyable. Yeah, our springs tend to, uh, tend to be a little um, in flux in terms of temperature. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow will be 65. Oh, there you It's crazy. Yeah. It makes no sense. No. It makes it no sense. <laughs> this area is a strange area. You know, Stephen, I, what I love telling people is Virginia is, I, I've traveled all across the country, and I can say Virginia is, for, for, for my money, is uh, the most beautiful, if not one of the most beautiful states in the country. Mm-hmm. It's got beaches, bays. It's even got a big swamp. Yeah. It's got Piedmonts. It's got valleys. It's got beautiful mountains. Mm-hmm. It's got forests. It is a gorgeous, 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 beautiful state. Yep. It's got history. I mean, our mm-hmm. own backyard, you got Jamestown and Colonialsburg. That's Beat right. that. You're mm-hmm. not going to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to, but you know, unfortunately, you know, we're, we, uh, it's our spring break this week. And so we we're looking at oh. where we might want to zip out for a few days. Cause mm-hmm. we, again, it's baseball season, Stephen. My yeah, son's varsity baseball team mm-hmm. schedules spring training games during our spring break. Yeah. Who does that? Who does that? How presumptuous is it that you don't think I want to go on a spring break vacation? <laughs> I, maybe I don't want to spend my spring break watching baseball games. Anyhow, Stephen. So we have baseball games all week. So we're probably going to jet up to maybe Charlottesville or something like that. And uh, which is wonderful because mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. It's yeah. gorgeous out there. Yes, it is. And it's it's unfortunate, Stephen, because we live in such a beautiful state. And let's be honest, where we are, Hampton Roads. This is the truth, Stephen. This is the card hold. Cold, hard truth. Anyone who travels to the state for a, a vacation or whatnot, we are the uh, we're the asshole of the state. <laughs> we are the uh, we're the, we we are the ugly part of the state. Yeah, we are. Oh, I agree. Outside of Hampton Road, Stephen, the rest of the state is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's just us. 
Yeah. Not I mean, very even, pretty. <laughs> even, um, even southwestern Virginia, which is uh, pretty much a, a deserted... Um, very rural. Very, very rural. <laughs> what, what, what is more rural than rural, Stephen? Well, That's what it is. I, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Desolate. Um, it, yes. <laughs> just a little bit. Even that is still like, oh, it's kind of nice out here. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. Chill. Nothing around. But Love just, it. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, here, and I've even noticed like, like Northern Virginia, like they'll get, they'll get snow. Oh, yeah. Like, they'll get good snow, but yeah. then it just kind of comes... And it once it gets past Williamsburg, it's like there's a force field around our yes. area, yes. and it just stops. Yes, yeah. I'm just like now. Mm. I mean, I don't care for snow when it interferes in my ability to leave my house. Right. But you know, sometimes it's nice to have it around just to look at it. Agreed. But then there's other stuff like you know it might be super warm down here, but kind of mild everywhere else, yeah. and then super hot and oh. not like that everywhere else. It's like yeah. what is wrong with this area? Super freaking humid here. E- like ninety eight percent humidity. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that unfortunately that's the swamp. So yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. we chose that. <laughs> yes, oh, indeed. Man. Oh boy, what a fun week I have in store. Yeah. What a fun week I have. Yes, best spring. I'm break actually ever. going on vacation for my spring break. See, you so. get to actually enjoy your spring break. I yes. will be watching endless baseball games, Stephen, one after the next. Endless baseballs. Yes. <laughs> All right, my friend. In this podcast, we have a wonderful bevy of comics to review, my friend. Three from Marvel. Three from DC. Imagine mm-hmm. that. From DC, Stephen, we yes. have Leviathan number. Uh, sorry, Leviathan Dawn, Dawn number one. The follow-up to the incredibly wildly successful event, Leviathan, big event. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it's, it did not sell big numbers. No. We are also going to review Red Hood Outlaw number forty-three, mm-hmm. and we're going to review Shazam number eleven. Yes. Then we're going to go over to the House of the Mouse. Mm-hmm. We're going to check out, oh, Stephen, it's a number one issue. Oh, dear. Had to add it. Force Works 2020, number one. Yep. That was there. Mm-hmm. And X-Force, number uh, eight. And X-Men, number seven. Right. All right, Stephen, let's start with, mm, let's start with the House of the Mouse, and let's kick it off Force Works 2020. Numero uno. Right. Brought to us Matthew Rosenberg doing the words. Mm-hmm. Juan Ramirez doing the art. Federico Blee doing the colors. Steven. Yes. We begin in the island of Lingares, South America. Mm-hmm. Some soldiers are down there tromping around in the jungle, and suddenly they are hit by some kind of pinkish, yellow, pinkish, whitish laser beams that vaporize them. Mm-hmm. All right. We then, we, we get a little recap page telling us that if you've not been reading uh, Iron Man 2020, mm-hmm. Stephen, what's going on is that Stark Unlimited has been controlled, has been seized by Sunset Bane and Arno Stark. Mm-hmm. And they are, their new goal is to institute new regulations for AIs to limit their potential hazard of rogue robotics harming humans. And their, the result of uh, their attempts have caused massive widespread dissent in the robotic community and a small radicalized factions of machines have begun to rise up and launch violent terrorist attacks in protest. All right. right. And there's a small group of military operatives that stand as humanity's last defense against these robot rebels. And they are force works 2020. There's your little recap. Gotta say, Steven, that's a nice recap page. Yeah, it is. You told me what's going on. 
You told me why this team Forceworks exists, mm-hmm. and you got to start running. That's effective, concise, yep. and clear. Super appreciate that type of recap page on a new title. Agreed. That's great. So it started nice. Yeah. And then we continued, and we've got some of these robot terrorists, and we see Solo there. Wow, that's a blast from the past. I right know, there. right? Yeah. And he sniper <laughs> shots a, a robot, and then War Machine busts into the room, and War Machine uh, tells Solo, stay where you are. And uh, Solo's like, I can take him out, I can take him out. He's like, no, nope, don't take him out, mm-hmm. you, you just wait. And for, and uh, War Machine goes up to these two robots that are kind of huddled together, and like, don't shoot us, don't shoot us, don't kill us, you mm-hmm. know, we're just, have mercy, have mercy, you know. Um, Tony Stark made us do it. We're not, we're innocent. Right. And then Gauntlet arrives in the room and goes, Hey, Rhodey, what's going on? What are these robots doing? And Rhodey's like, uh, Hold on, something's going wrong here. So, and rather than just blowing away these robots, he hesitates, has some compassion, and the robots, sneaky little bastards, right. activate a bomb. Mm-hmm. It blows up, wipes out Gauntlet. War Machine's okay because he's in armor. Gauntlet, right. not so much. We cut to three hours later, Maria Hill. Who I guess is the commander of Forceworks mm-hmm. is on the scene. Forceworks kind of being like a kind of like a new version of Shield, sort of. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. She appears in the scene and she's kind of you know chewing out Rhodey a little bit because Solo has quit the team. Well, there we go. He's already hey. off. We got one panel of him and he's gone. That was yep. that was fun. Wow, we had to cycle through teammates that fast. Yep. Okay, and Gauntlet is at the hospital. He's going to be out of commission for a few weeks. Yeah. Oh dear. So, so if Rhodey, you were if you were an Avengers the Initiative fan like I was from after Civil War, yes, and you like that character, hope you like that panel because that's all you're getting, pal. Yay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. So, anyhow. Uh, Marie Hill then tells Rhodey that there's a, they have an agent that's gone missing and Forceworks needs Rhodey to investigate. Mm-hmm. We then cut to three hours later. We like the three hour later yeah. time gap there, don't it's we? a lot of time. Yes. Yeah. And we cut to a jet plane flying uh, 31,000 feet above the island of Lingares. Mm-hmm. And we see that Daisy Johnson, you might know her as Quake. Mm-hmm. I really only know her as Daisy Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> She's aboard, and Maria Hill's kind of giving her a, a little sit rep of what's going on, what they're being sent in there, right? And mm-hmm. she, it, we, we did, it, you know, Rosenberg takes an opportunity to let Maria Hill explain the differences between how Shield operates and how Forceworks operates because Daisy's like, just throw some helicarriers up, in, helicarriers up in the situation and solve the problem that way. And Maria's like, you know. Forceworks, you know, just doesn't throw helicares at every problem there is. We, you know, this isn't a fix-it situation. We're trying to get our extract a, a an agent. Mm-hmm. So a little, little more low-key approach. Right. Suddenly the plane loses pressure and starts zipping around, right? Yeah. And then an uh, explosion happens and Quake gets sucked out of the airplane. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. We then hear the oh, we before she gets sucked out, you know, after the plane starts going crazy, the, you hear the pilot right. telling her, "You get to buckle up, sweetheart." And she's like, "Don't call me sweetheart." Like, who's the pilot? We don't know yet. Right. We're like, oh, "That guy's kind of a jerk, I guess." Right? She thinks he's a jerk for sure. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like him. She gets sucked out of the plane. The plane's crashing; it's on flames and it's crashing to the ground. Right. Right. And we see War Machine swoop in, grab Daisy's hand. She's safe. We cut back to the plane. We see a shadowy figure trying to save the plane. Right. But the controls snap, and the guy's like, ah, damn it. 
And he radios, sweetheart, you're still back there. You got to get out. Yeah. And then he jumps from the plane and we see it's my boy, U.S. agent. I love, love with a capital L-O-V-E. Love U.S. agent. He is mm. just awesome. <laughs> he is so good. He is such a jerk. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> and so you see him jumping out of the plane. He's like, this might have been a bad idea. <laughs> I will tell you, Rosenberg, I'm not a huge fan of Rosenberg's writing. Mm-hmm. But I keep it open mind. Sure. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm in general, I'm not a big fan of his writing. Mm-hmm. And I've not been, a, I didn't like him on X-Men that much at all, really. Right. But I got to tell you, every time I read U.S. Agents dialogue, I heard like 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger in my head. <laughs> because then this, all of his dialogue sounds like it's from a 1980s action movie, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, it really does. <laughs> For some reason, I got more Jean Claude Van Damme. Than, oh yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. That's you know Steven Seagal. Yeah, Take your um, pick. Take that your might pick. be the best one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> right. And so um, he, you know, I love it. So U.S. agent, no parachute, Stephen. Right. No parachute. Dives out of a plane. Mm. No parachute. Rockets to the ground. Just curls up in a ball with his shield, and he's like. You survive war, soldier. Boom! <laughs> hits the ground with his shield. Rolls, rolls, rolls. Comes to a land, and he's like. Oh, I can't believe that worked. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly <laughs> he's surrounded by a bunch of uh, soldiers from Lingares. Mm-hmm. And well, that's USA agent. He doesn't give up, does he? Hell no. no. He gets up and starts whooping <laughs> some butt. Uh, and so he starts kicking butt. And during the fight, he's like, lucky for you, my government sent me to save your backward country and give you and give out lessons in manners. This is what I'm talking about. How do you not? This is so 1980s action movie dialogue, Steven. Yep. That is just so perfect. So he's kicking butt in all these soldiers, takes them all down. Mm-hmm. Then some more show up. And, oh, and like he knocks out the last guy. When you wake up, remember to give thanks to Uncle Sam and U.S. Agent. <laughs> it's, just, it's nonstop, Steven. This is just awesome. <laughs> and so. <laughs> And so more soldiers show up, mm-hmm. and then suddenly this woman, masked woman, appears and starts fighting the soldiers. And U.S. agents like, "Sweet, I don't know who you are, but boom, I'll take some help." <laughs> and they start fat and they start battling, right? Yeah. And the woman talks to him, and U.S. agents like, "I recognize that voice. How you been, doll?" <laughs> it's just, it is just. <laughs> this isn't Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal, Sylvester Stallone. All yeah, of them wrapped up all in one. one. <laughs> um, and so uh, we find out that the masked woman, after she and USA agent take out the rest of the soldiers, it's Mockingbird. Hey. Yay. Very cool. Um, I do have to say that each time you see the member of Force Work, Stephen, you mm-hmm. get a little box. Right. And the box gives you their name, their position on the team, and kind of like their specialty slash character trait. Right. Which I think is actually a really succinct mm-hmm. Really effective and succinct way to to for new readers who may not know any of these characters to get I mean just in just a matter of a few words a good sense of who they are mm-hmm. and what's their role in the team. Right. I thought it to be very very effective actually. Mm-hmm. Like for Solo, it's Solo Force Works, Weapon Specialist, Teleporter enjoys his job a bit too much. Boom! That is so yeah. you get so concise. You get a great sense of who that is now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Gauntlet, Close Quarters Combat Specialist. Gets powers from an alien glove, doesn't fuck around. 
It's yeah. just like, it's a, is, <laughs> how good, concise it is to show you their role, powers, and their personality. That's yep. harder to do than it seems. Yeah. It oh, really yeah. is. Uh, for uh, War Machine, it's War Machine, Field Leader, Heavy Weapons, a Little One-Man Army. Perfect. Yeah. For Quake, it's Demolitions, Makes the Earthquake. <laughs> perfect. That was perfect. Um, for Maria Hill, Commander, Perpetual Bad Mood. It's just, this is perfect, Stephen. For U.S. Agent, Hand-to-Hand Combat Specialist, Tough Guy. <laughs> See, is this not that perfect, though? That is perfect. <laughs> tough Guy. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. When Mockingbird shows up, it's uh, Spy, Close Quarters Combat Specialist. Charming as hell. <laughs> Steven, those are all great. Aren't they? I mean, that that is such an effective tool. Yeah. To make, <laughs> to get new readers to, to get a, such, in, in just as few words as possible, mm-hmm. in just one panel to get a really good sense of the character mm-hmm. and the role they're going to play in that team. I think that is so vitally important for a team title, for the debut issue of a team title. And a lot of team titles, the debut issue, they struggle with this. Yeah. How many team titles have we reviewed? Number one issues of team titles have we reviewed, Stephen? Excalibur, mm-hmm. uh, Fallen Angels, uh, you know, a lot, all these X titles, you know, they, they struggle. Yeah. I'm just, we're just mentioning those because those are the most recent ones. But we've reviewed a lot of team titles where mm-hmm. it is new issues where they struggle. Right. They struggle with this. Rosenberg gets it right. Yeah. Anyhow, sorry, we got on a tangent there. That's, we uh, got our team. <laughs> our team has all now gotten together after mm-hmm. they've beating up the soldiers, Quake has arrived, and and War Machine has arrived, Mockingbird's there, USA Agent's there. They're all together, right? Mm-hmm. And so they all go off on their mission to get their, the agent they're trying to find, which is Mockingbird. Right. Right. Now they got to get back out of the area, mm-hmm. right? So before they can get out of the area, they get attacked by Deathlocks, mm-hmm. a whole army of Deathlocks, Stephen. Yeah. Oh, dear. So we get, uh, we get, Good, good fight scene. Uh, lots of action. And it ends with a war machine being tackled by several Deathlocks. Mm-hmm. And the Deathlocks are just beginning to overwhelm everyone. And you see War Machine like, I need help. I'm down. I need help. Does anyone copy? And that's the end of the issue. So it's a nice hook ending. Um, it should be noted. Stephen, that it looks like ForceWorks 2020 is going to run through a whole bunch of different titles. Yeah. Correct? Uh-huh. It's, it, it, it started on Iron Man 2020 number one. Mm-hmm. And it runs through, you know, Iron Man 2020 number two, Machine Man 2020, ForceWorks 2020, Rescue 2020, Iron Age, you know, Iron Heart 2020, Wolverine, because you got to throw Wolverine to everything, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, mm-hmm. so that part... Not, I'm not so excited about, but yeah, as far as just enjoying this as a team title, mm-hmm. okay, just as enjoying this as a team title, mm-hmm. and I think that I think that uh, you can you could just stick with Force Works and get your get your own. I don't think. Do you think you have to read all these to understand the story? I don't think so. Uh, maybe maybe they tangentially touch on each other. I'm not too sure. I I'm, I haven't read the the the. You know, the two Iron Man 2020 issues and the Machine Man 2020 issue, ForceWorks 2020 number one comes in the number four spot in the little checklist, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I missed anything. Rosenberg, you, you can hop on right now and just read this issue, Stephen, and Rosenberg gives you all the information you need. 
Yeah, you, I agree. You don't feel yeah. left out at all. No. At all. Uh, I like the team mm-hmm. as constructed. I think right. this is a good roster. Mm-hmm. It's a good roster of characters. I like how they each have a specific role. I like that they actually complement each other mm-hmm. very well. I think that Rosenberg, again, makes it super new reader friendly. Yeah. I think he does a nice job getting across the personalities of the characters, too. Right. And I think this is really well plotted and paced. Mm-hmm. It is not a slow issue. Ooh. He starts with action, and you rock it from scene to scene to scene to scene, and you never have to go more than a page or two without some fighting. Mm-hmm. There's always some action. So it's really lively, well plotted, well paced. I, I thought this was a really good debut issue of a team title. It does a lot of stuff that we say mm-hmm. you need to do. Now, the downside for me is... You know, the dialogue is okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, USA, US Agents is the best dialogue. Well, yeah. He gets the best dialogue. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> else is a little, I don't know if I want to say bland, but it's a little bland. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I agree. I, I don't think any of the dialogue really jumps out at me mm-hmm. the way US Agents dialogue jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a show stealer, though. It's, it's not a fair comparison. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> if written properly, that, that character can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Can be a lot of fun. Yeah. You have to um, lean into it, though. You yes. have to embrace what he is mm-hmm. and have fun with it, you yeah. know, which I think Rosenberg does. Yeah. For my money, I, I thought U.S. Agent stole the show in this issue. Mm-hmm. And I thought everyone else, I, I thought Rhodey was kind of boring, to be honest with you. I didn't find this to be the best. Mm-hmm. take of Rhodey's character. It was okay. It wasn't bad. I don't think any of the characters right. are bad. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I don't think any of them were bad. Serviceable. Yeah, serviceable. Yeah. Serviceable. And with him, I mean, there's still... I, I feel like... Um, well, I mean, I kind of liked it because they're still trying to... He still... He hesitates because it's like, look, you know, I, I died in this thing. <laughs> right. You know? So it's still trying to catch everybody up on... Yes. yes. You know, he's still having trouble you know, being War Machine again. Yes. Which is, and, which is, which I like. Yeah. Which, uh, that's fair. And so it kind of, um, and it, it, it explains later on where he's like, okay, look, we got her. We need to get out. Right. And some of them are like, no, no, there's something going on. But he's the one who's like, no, no, no. We, we got, go, we, go, we, go, we go, got Mockingbird. That's our mission. Right. We're getting the hell out of here. Yeah. So, and it, you know, it sets that up and, um, that's the, it's, it doesn't really provide a lot of opportunity for, um, like the the boxes you get is the most development. Yes, that you're gonna get, and and I kind of get that because it's just not that kind of issue. You know, oh, it's no, just it's, it's not a character driven story. Yeah, it's like it's, let's we're getting in here, we're yeah. moving, we're moving, we're moving. Yeah, and um, other than U.S. Agent, we're U.S. Agent to me, he's always been a, he he's always been best when he's been a super uh, like a jerk. Yes, and kind of dumb. Yeah, he should, he should be Marvel's <laughs> answer to Guy Gardner. Right. When done yeah, right. Yeah, He should exactly. be Marvel's Guy Gardner. And I think... I, or at least how Guy Gardner used to be before they started making him nice. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? OG Guy Gardner. Yeah, the one that got punched by Batman. Right. That Guy Gardner. Uh-huh. That's, but that's the role he should play. Exactly. That's, he's best suited for that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to make him annoying, but I think... But they, you don't want to be. Right. 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 But I think um, I think I do agree with you. For him, they definitely he definitely got the the best. Like oh, oh my god! Like yeah, he got the lines. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he got all the good lines. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he came across like the biggest badass. Mm-hmm. No doubt. 
Yeah, the, the biggest 80s movie badass. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, what would you think of the artwork? Um, I liked it. Kind of might be some old school like uh, Joe Kubert style yep. artwork there. <laughs> not not all of it, but there are a few. Some of the the GIs, the way he's drawing some of the GIs, kind of had that kind of like Joe Kubert looking face to him. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Anyhow, the art I thought was um was solid. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty solid. It wasn't like phenomenal, but I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it fit the story. I thought. I think so, and it you know, got across the the action looked really cool. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, so that was that was I thought that stuff was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean, honestly, I don't really have like a lot of oh my god, this was so terrible. Like, actually, I don't really have any of those kind of complaints. The only thing yeah. that I don't like is yeah. that when I saw that last checklist page, it was like, yeah, oh my god. So is this an actual title or is this I, like just for this? Right. Because that concerns me. Yeah, this would be really cool if this was just an, its own title. Right. I'd be way more excited if this was just Marvel going, hey, n- new super team. Yep. Boom. To replace S.H.I.E.L.D., we're going to do Force Works, new super team. Let's mm-hmm. go. It's going to be a little bit of superhero, a little bit, a little bit of action, espionage, mm-hmm. a little bit of spy games. Yeah. Boom. International feel to it. Go. I'd be way more excited. I'd, I'm, I'm with you. When I got to the NSL checklist, I was like, no. Yeah. I never like to see a checklist. Yep. That's just me. I know some people dig this. I I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Whenever I see that, I'm like, don't don't make don't make my hobby become a homework assignment. Exactly. And that's what I kind of feel like it becomes a homework assignment. Yeah. Or homework, or they're gouging you. Or a cash grab. Yeah. And I don't like don't. either a homework assignment or a cash grab. Mm-hmm. No. So how would you grade out Force Works number one? I would. I would give it. Um, I'll give it straight sevens. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's where Rosenberg stuff has mostly fallen for me. Yes. I mean, I I like him more than you. You do. You do. But I, mean, I don't hate the guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm oh, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like you know he's like my my, my least favorite writer ever. Oh, no, sure. no, no. But you, you you're you're right. I tend to I, I tend to grade he's... him a little rougher than you. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, and I mean. And I just I just had a lot of fun. It's nothing too special yes. and yes. all that. But, you know, sometimes that's okay. Fun is great. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm right there with <laughs> you, Stephen. I, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm st- lockstep with you. Seven Night Girls out of ten for the writing. Seven Night Girls out of ten for the artwork. And it's just it was just a fun read. It was just fun, entertaining read. Yeah. And sometimes that's all. I'm fine with that. You know? I don't need anything more. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I would be really interested... I I would buy this title. I would be interested in sticking on with Four Works Force Works as a regular superhero yeah, me team. Me too. That's mm-hmm. that's why I'm afraid that it's just for this little mm-hmm. event thing and not caring for it. It's like, no, right. don't do that to me. I agree. <laughs> I agree. All right, my friend. X Force. This is a title that you and I have enjoyed mm-hmm. so far. This is uh issue number eight. The words are uh by Benjamin Percy mm-hmm. and the art is by Bazaldua. That is all one word. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the artist. The colors by Guru EFX. I'm not familiar with this artist. Right. Anyhow, uh, this begins with a reverse domino. Mm-hmm. So it's a female with the <laughs> reverse color scheme of domino. Right. Right? Yep. Which is kind of neat. Instead of like pale white skin with the black mark, she's got... Black skin with the white mark. Yep. Uh, and white hair instead of Domino's black hair. It's a cool. It's a cool 
look. Anyhow, she is the reverse domino is about to make a hit on a uh, politician, mm-hmm. and the real domino shows up to stop her. We get a nice fight between fake domino and real domino, and real domino ends out coming on top. Mm-hmm. Yay! And you can tell that um um that Benjamin Percy used to write on the Bond titles because yes. she shoots the other domino through the eye and says, "Hey." Now we match. Yes, <laughs> yes, because Domino has the, the, the smoky hollow eye, the, yep. the glowy hollow eye. Uh, I like it. What's interesting is the fake Domino is using her skin to form weapons, her mm-hmm. body, her skin and bones and muscle tissue, whatever, to, to form weapons. So mm-hmm. she's part of that whole Xenos uh, where, where, they've, where they've created like in their, uh, what do they call them, the body plants or the uh, shoot. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're kind of they're hybrid. Yes, kind of. And they're, their bodies are meant to be living weapons mm-hmm. infused with mutant DNA. Right. It's a really cool concept. Anyhow, we cut to the healing gardens of Krakoa, and we have uh, they are examining the reverse Domino's body, right, mm-hmm. to try to figure out what's going on with her. And they discover that this uh, this hit woman has had her human body had had Domino's DNA woven into her. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's from when they had captured Domino in the very beginning of this of, right. of X-Force, issue mm-hmm. number one. So Domino then shows Sage a four-leaf clover and says, look, I've, I, you know, my entire life I've found four-leaf clovers instantly. They're always, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, they grow. Sometimes hundreds of days. But lately, um, you know, I haven't seen them as often mm-hmm. as regularly because she's kind of lost her luck. That's been the storyline up right. to now. And she goes, she feels like killing this reverse Domino has brought back some of her luck. Mm-hmm. All right, then we cut to later with Domino uh, taking a little skinny dip in the uh, a little Krokoan lake there, and suddenly Colossus shows up. Hey, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and uh, Colossus is like, you know... Um, we could. Uh, they. They. But not. Neither of them can sleep. They're both suffering from um, the the emotional scars from the past battle mm-hmm. on this title. And Colossus is like, you know, I could turn into metal, hold you, and we could just sink to the bottom of this lake. I actually thought that was a really neat, really neat uh, image. Right. I. I really like that. Mm-hmm. That was really good writing by Percy. This. This idea of him turning into metal hugging her and then they just sink to the bottom and then they die mm-hmm. and then they're brought Reborn. back by the resurrection yeah. program but with but from an earlier backup mm-hmm. from prior to the beginning of X Force so they don't have the trauma that they've just sustained. Yep. I just thought that was really good. Like that was like wow that's an that's a good moment. And Domino of course like nope I want to remember I need to remember that pain is a part of them. Yeah. This is really well written. Without being cheesy or over the top. Right. Uh, we then cut to uh, the point where Sage has summoned Domino. Sage has said, look, I've, I've been checking out where there's a cluster, where there are lots of, of those little um, four-leaf clovers, and mm-hmm. there's a ton of them in St. Petersburg. Aha. So they're trying to track down where, where are they, where are they uh, you know, using Domino's DNA, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, her DNA is what they're using in all these plants to create these these factories to create these uh, hybrid human mutant right. soldiers. Okay, and then um, she says that they've they there's a crocodile gateway near St. Petersburg and they see a guy touch it, right? 
and like he's testing it, he's sticking his hand through it, mm-hmm. and we can tell by his skin that he's got Domino's DNA infused in yep. the skin. So obviously they're trying to use Domino's DNA to try to get human hybrid soldiers through the gateway mm-hmm. to attack Krakoa. Yep. Pretty cool concept. Anyhow, uh, so we continue on, blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, <laughs> Sage ends up finding a location in Russia, right, that they need to go to to attack one of these uh, body factories. Yeah. Okay. And it's um, – so, anyhow, it's it's near Siberia, somewhere in that area right. of Russia, right? And it's going to be Colossus and Domino. That's the team, mm-hmm. right? And we learned as they teleport onto this train, going through the Trans-Siberian train, I guess, mm-hmm. as they get teleported to this train where I guess the they have yeah, it's, some it's, of the DNA. It's basically like a mobile lab right. kind of thing. And it's the most mobile lab because it's a train. <laughs> exactly. And Domino, I like how we found out, why did Domino bring Colossus with her, right? Because mm-hmm. Colossus is like, you know, like, you know what? I don't really want to go to Russia it's not my home anymore. Krakoa is my home. And, you know, and she's like, well, going to Russia is going to help defend Krakoa. Right. Honestly, I hate Colossus being written where Russia isn't his home. He's always been so pro-Russia. Yeah. It just, I don't like it. He can love Krakoa, but Colossus should always love Mother Russia. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But anyhow, small quibble. Small oh, quibble. Sure, sure. Anyhow, but I like how Domino's like, look. If I don't have luck on my side anymore, then I'd rather have a big, sweet bulldozer (laughs) (laughs) than Colossus. And so the two of them are, you know, cruising through the train trying to find this mobile lab, right? Mm -hmm. And they eventually find it. It's gruesome. They're using her DNA to create all these body parts, like spines, heads. It's it's nasty. Um, And Dom was like, oh, God, this is horrible so it's it's it is he she and she's like I, i'm my dna is being used as a case study in a petri dish for next generation flesh factory yep. and suddenly they get attacked by a bunch of human domino hybrid soldiers mm-hmm. and domino starts fighting uh, steven this is great for the artwork i love 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 when artists do this you don't see it that often you see it back in the day in older comic books all the time yeah where they're fighting on the train. You get a double page splash shot. The artist shows you, like, does like, you know, you can see inside the train. Uh-huh. He kind of does like the, you know, the 3D cutaway kind of thing. So you can see inside the train <laughs> and also see the exterior of the train, too. Yep. It's a cool way to show you what's going on in the train. Mm-hmm. It's an old style, it's old comic book approach. I like seeing it again. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, while Domino is fighting all the uh, hybrid soldiers, Colossus hops out of the train and jumps in front of it and just puts the brakes on and stops the whole thing and causes everybody to come spilling out, right? Yep. Well, in the process uh, of destroying everyone, it looks like he... Um, destroyed Domino. Destroyed Domino, too, right? <laughs> Oops. Oh, well. Luckily, we have the resurrection program. Mm-hmm. But there's another great scene between the two of these characters, Stephen. She tells Colossus, when I come back, I want to keep it all, all the pain. I want to remember everything. So she doesn't want to be brought back mm-hmm. from an older backup. She wants the most current backup. Right. And she's like, look, I won't die on you until you promise me. And he says, I promise. And she goes, thank you. And she dies. Mm-hmm. Again, Benjamin Percy's done a great job with Colossus and Domino, two mm-hmm. characters that I've never really thought to put together. Right. Oh, yeah. But they really are clicking very well together. Mm-hmm. Like, really, surprisingly, good chemistry that Percy's being able to 
create between the two of them. Yeah. And I like the pairing a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think they complement each other visually. He's so big. Yep. She's so small. <laughs> and they complement each other power-wise. Mm-hmm. She's fast, elusive, you know, gymnastic style, hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. And he's just a big bulldozer. <laughs> they complement each other really well. Yeah. And the personalities. Oh, yeah. He's more the quiet type and she's the loud type. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. it, it's really interesting. I didn't see this coming. Percy's really done an amazing job creating something new, a new relationship, a new dynamic. I love that. That's yeah. great. That's great. Taking two older characters and being able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. We then cut to our our uh, meeting of uh, uh, Zeno, and it's that man in the greenish, bluish mask, right? Yeah. And he's holding the meeting, and uh, somebody in the in the – you know, of the council, the, the benefactors of this, you know, the members of this uh, group. Right. You know, there someone reaches out and is like, how much is this costing us? Right? Because he's reporting how their entire lab got destroyed in Russia. Yep. The whole thing got destroyed. And someone's like, how much is this costing us? Legitimate question. Yeah. Financial backers want to know. Well, like we've seen in prior issues, when someone uh, questions this leader of Xeno, what happens? That big jacked up Irish... Uh, Bane, mm-hmm. uh, Finnegan, goes over and crushes their head. Yep. Right? That's what we've seen in the past issues. So the leader tells Finnegan, nah, yeah. go talk to our friend who's speaking out. Finnegan walks over and gets tossed to the side mm-hmm. by this shadowy figure. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, crap. And the shadowy figure goes, you know what? You want Zeno to be a democracy? You think Krakoa is a democracy? Democracy, that's weak. So is hiding in the shadows. He goes, I'm going to make a suggestion now. A resolution of strength and a declaration of war. And oh, issue. Well, that was a twist I yep. didn't see coming at <laughs> all. Uh, Stephen X-Force number eight. What'd you think? Um, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, um, I've, Really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed X Force. Yes, I think that it really carries a lot of what um, Benjamin Percy brought to because he was the one who took over the Bond title after Warren Ellis left. You're right, mm-hmm. and I thought he did a great job on those. Really did. Um, yeah, they even he even uses the same that um the 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 technique with the fight scene on the train yeah the cutaway yeah the cutaway stuff that was stuff that they used on the Bond titles right. as well yep and um, I just love the look of it yeah it's, it's so really cool. cool um it's it's just so different from what you see yes and you know it's I love it um and bringing it to a title like this um bringing all that like the background with the espionage kind yes. of stories yep. and um he is really good with these characters. Um, I mean, they obviously don't use the whole roster every issue. Right. Um, but I think with these two, he, like you said, it created like a really great yep. chemistry, um, a unique bond mm-hmm. that you didn't think they would, like mm-hmm. these two characters, I don't know if they've ever really interacted before. I, yeah, I don't think so. And um, and some of that stuff with them is actually very kind of touching. I because, agree. Because um, just thinking about everything that's happened, and um, and of course it builds up perfectly to the end. Yes, when she actually when she finally does die. Yes, um, I thought it was um, very well constructed, very yes. well put together. The Absolutely. action was really cool. As we said, the art was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never heard of these of these artists before. Me neither. But they they have some chops. Yes, for sure. Yep. 
And um, I mean, it's it's a good kind of one off, but it still pushes the overall story Absolutely. forward. Absolutely, yes. And I mean, I uh, this is a good example of how to do like just a one off kind of. I don't want to say a pause. Right. More it's like not a really spotlight a pause, issue, but maybe. yeah, a spotlight issue in a comic. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's kind of a lost art it nowadays. Is. It is. It's vi- and it's kind of dis- it's distressing. <laughs> Team titles used to always have spotlight issues. Yeah. And, and and now it's just, you know, always going on to the next thing. There's right. no breaks, there's no nothing. And um yeah, I thought I think the the team did a great job. It's Really, really good. Um, and I agree. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a <laughs> it's it's just a great read. Again, Percy is, is so talented. He knows how to properly construct an issue. I thought this was a wonderfully, from a technical standpoint, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Didn't you find it really well paced? Yeah, he. It's not fast paced. No, he, he eases off the gas for a couple of scenes to let mm-hmm. you really uh, get a good feel for Domino and Colossus's relationship and the pain that they've been through. So he knows when to ease up on mm-hmm. the gas and then stomp on the pedal for the action scenes. Oh yeah, but it's never meandering. Even the no. slower scenes, they're not meandering. They're yeah. not plotting. They're just well. It's just a proper pacing for the moment. And I thought the scene transitions were really well done. Mm-hmm. Again, it's excellent plotting. Percy has it an overarching goal here. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of diverts for a set. He diverts for this issue to focus in on Colossus and Domino in particular. And then by the end, he weaves right back into the main storyline of where he wants to go with that surprise, uh, reveal of the shadowy character, yep. tossing Finnick into the side and looking like he's making a power move to take over Zeno. Mm-hmm. So he, even during a spotlight issue on Domino and Colossus, he's still moving the overarching story forward. Mm-hmm. It's really good plotting. Yes, it is. It, you can tell that that Percy has a direction in mind with everything he does. Mm-hmm. Nothing is wasted, you know? Right. I, I really like that. And the story is just really fleshed out very, very well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is the excellent character work, I think. It's really good character work. That's what really pulls you into the story. Yeah. Makes you connect with the stories. The great character work. Genuine emotion. Mm-hmm. Great dialogue. Really well-written dialogue. They... Colossus and Domino have their own clearly defined personalities mm-hmm. and um, and and voice, and yep. it's 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 so well written. I I like that um, I like that she dies at the end. Mm-hmm. I think for several reasons we need her reborn back without her flayed off flesh. Yeah, that needs to be done for several reasons. Uh, the biggest reason is for the artists. Yeah. And you will see in the scene where she is uh, uh, taking a little little dip in the in the lake, mm-hmm. the first panel, she's got her flesh flayed off on one side and, and the glowy eye. Mm-hmm. Turn the page. Nope. All blue, all white flesh all over, yeah. no glowy eye. Mm-hmm. All white flesh all over, no glowy eye. Then, oh, we go back to flayed flesh and a glowy eye. Right. The artists aren't able to keep this up. Yeah. They're not able to do it. It's, 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 I don't it's know if it's, too, just, it's, too, it's too much too for much. the, it's too much for the artists yeah. to do this. And it's, it's, again, it's a little detail, but it's very, very noticeable, Stephen, right. to the point where I thought she'd healed up because it happens so often where she's, where the artists are going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they finally killed her so she can come back all healed up and normal looking. Right. Again. Uh, but, 
I love that they make a point of she wants all the pain and the memory still. Mm-hmm. It's just such a great it's such a great issue, Stephen. I really mm-hmm. like X Force. I recommend reading X Force. It is a fun team title. It's really well constructed. You're gonna have action. You're gonna have great action and great character work. What's not to like? Yeah, exactly. It's got everything you want. How do you grade out X Force number eight? Um, I will give the I'll give the writing I'll give the writing an eight. Yep. And I'll give the art. I'll give the art a seven. Yep. That that's is, fair. That's a, that is kind of a noticeable like. Uh, yep. Um. So yeah, but otherwise, really solid. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. I'm gonna go uh, writing eight necros out of ten. Mm-hmm. I'll do a little bit less on the art. Go so six necros out of ten. Okay. There you go. All right. Still well worth buying. Oh yeah. Definitely. All right. Last one from Marvel. Steven. X Men number seven. Mm-hmm. This issue brought to us words by Jonathan Hickman, art by Lionel Francis Yu, and the colors by Sonny Go. Steven, this yes. issue, I feel conflicted with this issue. Okay. I feel conflicted. I feel like I have to be consistent with my criticisms. Sure. And just because it is one of my all-time favorite writers, mm-hmm. why am I going to give him a pass when I couldn't when I wouldn't give a writer, say, one like Brian Bendis a pass mm-hmm. if he did this? Okay? Okay. So uh, while I appreciate Hickman's obvious skill, mm-hmm. he is a wonderful wordsmith. Yes. This was my least favorite issue of X-Men so far. Okay. And again, uh, not bad. Sure. Least favorite, though. Essentially, in this one, Stephen, we begin with Arrow. That was her mutant name. Mm-hmm. Her human name being uh, Melody. No, no, Paige. No, Melody. No, Melody. Sorry, Melody, Melody Guthrie. Guthrie. She wakes up in, in the Guthrie household, so you see mm-hmm. Melody, Paige, Sam, and Joshua. Mm-hmm. All the Guthries. Yep. There. And she wakes up, and they're like, hey, today is, uh, today's Crucible. Woo! Mm-hmm. So it's Crucible Day for Melody. Mm-hmm. That does not sound good, Stephen. Anything mm-hmm. called Crucible Day no. does not sound good to me. Yeah. That does I, not sound positive. <laughs> yes. Now, I, I, I knew it going in because, well, of course you have the Crucible. Yes. The, the bug. <laughs> right, right. But um, I, I, I play a lot of Destiny, and the multiplayer uh-huh. mode where you go in and fight other people who play is called... Right. Crucible. Okay, right. There so you I go. was like, right. okay, okay. You know where this is going. This is not good. This <laughs> is not good. Not good. We cut to the summer house and we see Wolverine is awake and Cyclops walks into the room and he's like, hey, you can't sleep. Wolverine's like, I never do. And Cyclops is like, yeah, it's all that hair. It's too hot for covers, too cool without him. And he's like, can we, and Wolverine's like, can we just sit here like men? Drink our coffee and enjoy a quiet moment for once. I'm like, yes! <laughs> yes! I relate to that as a guy. We tend to talk less. I know my wife, whenever there's a quiet moment, my wife will go, brruh, 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 brruh. I'm like, oh my God. I love her. But it's, you're just like, what? why? To the point where she knows, I've been married long enough now, where in the morning, Steve, when I go downstairs to have my coffee, I get up crack early because my one of my stupid dogs... I have a hound and Cookie, the hound. Yeah. She's God bless. She's a hunting dog, and God bless her. She has to get up when the sun comes up. Yeah. And if she's up, Daddy has to get up with her. Mm-hmm. So I'm up at the crack of dawn, literally, mm-hmm. whether I want to or not. So I go downstairs, <laughs> make coffee, and my wife knows she's so kind. She knows that you know what? She'll get. She'll wake up. She won't come downstairs. She'll put on TV, put on HDTV. She loves HDTV. Mm-hmm. She'll put that on her TV. Hang out, you know, get her iPhone, chill up there for a little bit. Because yeah. she knows that I just want some peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. No offense to anybody. I just don't want to talk. I want to sure. sit there, 
drink my coffee, and not talk. Mm-hmm. It's so enjoyable. I get Wolverine. I get Wolverine. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. And then um, and so it was like, I was like, well, but here's the thing. And he's like, didn't, and didn't I just say? <laughs> I love it. What did I just say? Yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect. And uh, Scott's like, you know, Gene and I are taking the kids to Chandler for a few days. I don't know if you want to come. It's not really your thing, but you know, you should go. And and uh, the two men are just sitting there staring at Earth from mm-hmm. you know their little view because the summer house is on the moon. And uh, Wolverine's like, hmm, Genie in a bikini. And Scott's like, yeah, Scott in a Speedo. And Wolverine's like, well, who could say no to that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, my impression of the scene mm-hmm. was just two guys, Wolverine being like very stereotypical guy. Right. Right. He's, he's not about feelings. Mm-hmm. He's not about talking. He is your stereotypical John Wayne male. Right. Which is fine. Sure. Scott Summers is not. No. He's not. Okay? He's not that kind of guy. No. He never has been. No. He's more emotional. Mm-hmm. He's more of a talker. Yes. He's, uh, so I thought this was a good example of how men can be. Mm-hmm. Right? Did you at any point get this to give you the impression that they're sleeping together? Because I read articles online that, oh, this is a sign. Scott and Wolverine. Have, I'm like, no. So you tell me two straight men just are, it's not, they just can't simply have, you, have a conversation. <laughs> really? <laughs> or, or make a joke? Like, yeah. how unsecure in your sexuality? Like, I'm the woman on this podcast, every introduction, people. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I am very straight. I'm very confident in who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because you, you can make jokes and be confident in who you are. Yeah. That, that's what makes you confident in who you are. Did you find, did you, People no. will read into anything. Did you even yeah. see this, Steve? Did no. you see that at all? No, I never I never once thought that. Me neither. Ever. I Come was on. blown away when I saw that. I was on it was on comic book resources. I was well, that's like, your first problem. Well, I did. <laughs> that's fair point. Fair <laughs> point. I was like, wow, people, what what are we reading? Yeah. I don't get it. Anyhow, it's a good scene. I thought yeah. it was really well written. Like really good character work. Anyhow, I yeah. Okay, so <laughs> then they start talking about Crucible mm-hmm. and how Wolverine's kind of like not down with it, but he's like, whatever, man, I'm not in charge. And Scott's like, since when have you taken this kind of approach? And that is a fair point because since when has Wolverine been this hands off? Normally yeah. he's not, but I think Wolverine's kind of like finding his place in the in this new world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's kind of like, well, I'm not on the council. Like, I think he's kind of taking the approach for like, I'm just not going to be involved. Yeah. Period. And he seems to, and a little bit of the dialogue seems to indicate that, you know, he's having a, well, it didn't work so so well the last time I was in charge. Right, so, so let's give this a try. Exactly. Fair point. And so, you know, and Wolverine's like, look, if you need to talk to someone about, you know, make yourself feel better about Crucible, you should go find a priest. And Cyclops is like, that's a good idea. <laughs> and we cut to him. Uh trying to find Nightcrawler, and he mm-hmm. walks by uh, Doug Ramsey, who's talking with the live tree, the li- where Krakoa mm-hmm. forms in the tree, you know, face yeah. in the tree. And you see Warlock yep. sitting in a chair next to Douglas Ramsey, and Cyclops is like, whoa, did I just see? And you flash, and they cut back, and there's no one in the chair. Yep. And he's like, oh, I, I guess I didn't see it. Yep. Steven, mm-hmm. what about that little moment? Hickman planting a little seed here? I think so. The, uh, yeah. Doug Douglas Ramsey might start to uh, 
might start to go sideways, you think? From think so. communicating with Krakoa, mm-hmm. he might kind of lose grip on reality, possibly? Yeah, I think... Well, ever since this... Well, even with House of X and all that started, and when you've seen... Uh, right, he's Cypher, correct? C- yes. Cypher. Yeah. And by um, the way, in that first panel, Douglas is all human, and Warlock is in the other chair. And then when Cyclops like shakes it off, and yep. Warlock isn't in the chair... Douglas is back with his one warlock arm. Yep. It's ever since the beginning, I've just been a little, I don't know. There's just been something about it. That's kind of weirded me out. Yeah. About him. Yep. And well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That, that, that was a cool scene. Yeah. Very cool scene. Very subtle. Very subtle, well. which is what I loved about it. Yeah, because I mean, H- to me, slides things in on you. Mm-hmm. I, I love that about him. Yeah, he doesn't need to beat you over the head. Because to be honest, like the first time I go through stuff, I just kind of like right. I go through, and I missed it the first time. Right. But then going back and reading again, it's like, oh, ooh, wait a minute. That's why I love. That's why I love <laughs> Hickman's writing. Yeah. He demands that the reader bring their A game. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I love me too. that. I love a writer that asks the reader to participate. Yep. That's so, so cool. Anyhow, <laughs> Cyclops keeps walking on, finds a Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler points out a building that has no doors, that they know it's hollow inside. Mm-hmm. Wolverine tried to cut into it and it automatically healed up. And then one day, Nightcrawler took a leap of faith and teleported inside of the building, mm-hmm. which is very dangerous for Nightcrawler, as we all know. Oh, yeah. He has to know where he's teleporting to. Mm-hmm. And inside is the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And it seemed like it was a home specifically built just for him. Mm-hmm. And Scott's like, why aren't you in there? And he's like, well, you know, I find I, I do my, you know, I, I can breathe and think better outside here because Krakoa asked me hard questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas inside there, it's like paradise inside that little building. Right. Okay. And so the two kind of talk about Crucible again, and then mm-hmm. Scott's struggling with it. Right. Right. Then we cut to uh, the kids all gathering around, what's his face? Exodus. Um, Exodus. And Exodus is teaching them about how this is their first crucible. It's a glorious thing. It's a wonderful thing. And that, um, you know, that it was horrible. What, what, uh, I like how he, what Scarlet Witch did to everyone mm-hmm. by turning all the mutants into humans. I like how they show Scarlet Witch. He shows Scarlet Witch's image in the fire, and all the mutant children are like pretender, pretender, and they're looking away from her and covering their ears, pretender, pretender. Yep, that's the thing. Remember, I like who, that. Think about who's not there with them. Scarlet Witch. Yep. Quicksilver. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You are not welcome here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mutants that aren't welcome, those do. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Apocalypse, yeah, we'll take him. We'll take him. Scarlet Witch? Nope. Nope, not coming. <laughs> um, and so they talk about her great sin, you know, obviously, you know, House of Adam, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So that all still happened. Yes. But the timeline changed, that still that happened. That still happened. No more mutants. No more mutants. And then we talk about how, um, you know, humans are... You know, hate mutants, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And what they think of them, they don't want them, they don't like them. Yeah. Anyhow, and that to be reborn again, to become a mutant again, Stephen, you must die. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not looking good. This not looking good. is so disturbing. Yes, it's super, I, I, got, I was super creeped out at this point. Yeah. I mean, it, you just got the creepiest, creepiest cult like this. We've been talking, we've been talking about how like Hickman has reinvented Professor X as a cult leader mm-hmm. and Krakoa. As a cult. Yep. And this just had creepy, 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 creepy cult vibe all over it. 
Yeah, this uh, this I mean, I guess this couldn't come at a better time because I've been um, um, there's a podcast at hand that deals with stuff like this, like serial killers and all that that I Mm -hmm. listen to. Uh, last podcast on the left for all you people out there should go listen to that. And yeah, yeah. they've been doing Heaven's Gate. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh Creepy. my God, this yeah. this is that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. A- a- absolutely. So we have Cyclops and Nightcrawler arriving at Crucible, and they're still debating the morals of the concept of Crucible. Right. Right. And we see that all the mutants have assembled in like an arena mm-hmm. and we see um, Melanie Guthrie there mm-hmm. and she's got like a little crown of, of, of flowers and mm-hmm. she's not good. Stephen. we're wearing a crown of flowers. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> not good. And she's standing in front of, Apo- of apocalypse who has a giant sword and he's like, look at all the mutants around you. Uh, are you filled with envy? Are humans envy mutants? They hate mutants. They're full of envy of mutants. Do you, are you filled with envy? And she goes, yes. And he's like, what's your name? Arrow. He goes, no, it's not your name. You're not a mutant. What's your name? She's like, Melody Guthrie. And he's like, oh, a powerful mutant family. What a disappointment you must be. And it's like, whoa, this is just brutal. Yeah. And uh, he's like, how can you stand the disappointment? And uh, can you abide by what they did to you? You know, and she's like, no. And he's like, all right, you know, here's our way of life to, to preserve our way of life on Krakoa. You must be willing to die for mm-hmm. it. And, um, and so she's like, I will. And he's like, well, why are you here? And she goes to fight and die for my people. Like I'm mutant. And he goes, well, pick up your sword. And she picks up a sword. It's much smaller than apocalypse. This is not a fair fight. Steven. Yes. <laughs> And it's pretty much, a, it looks like, it's a, like a freaking dagger you know, know. compared to his. <laughs> and they start having a sword fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during this, you know, Scott and Nightcrawler continue their debate about the morals and the ethics of Crucible. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, as you imagine, Apocalypse makes short work of Melody. Mm-hmm. And Puts he's up like, a decent fight, though. She does. I'll, I'll, I will say she that. Does. She does. And she's like, he's like, all you have to do is quit. And just lie there and don't get up. And she's like, go to hell. And he's like, good. And they continue fighting. And then... Use your anger. Yes. <laughs> and Apocalypse starts beating the crap bull out of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you're going to die on your knees? And she's like, no. And she gets back up. And he then impales her with the sword by saying, accept this gift. You have earned it. And then yep. we cut to her being reborn, crawling out of the egg, you know, and being reborn. And Professor X going, welcome back. And Storm going, on your feet, child, Krakoa is waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And oh, the big ceremony that we saw earlier in X-Men when they, they, during House of X and Powers of X when they brought yeah. Cyclops and Strike Force back to life, you know, mm-hmm. and they're all like, oh, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's the same scene. Yep. And we see Nightcrawler and Cyclops still debating the ethics of Crucible. Yeah. And um, Melanie... Guthrie goes up to Apocalypse, who's like, you know, she's like, thank you, because I don't deserve credit. You did this. And she's like, nope, still thank you. And he's like, welcome, child. Now, what are you waiting for? Show them who you really are. And she levitates, mm-hmm. uses her mutant powers, because she's got them back. Woo-hoo. Yep. And um, at this point, you know, Scott and I call still debating. And um, Scott's like, man, right or wrong, this sure is something, isn't it? And I crawl is like, yes, it is. And he goes, Scott. Scott goes, what? And he goes, Nicola goes, I think I need to start a mutant religion. 
Oh, no, Steve. <laughs> oh, it's getting more and more cult-like, Steve. Yeah. It's getting more and more cult-like. That is not a good thing, my friend. Not yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. X-Men number seven. What'd you think? Um, I think this was a... There's a lot here. Oh, yeah, no doubt. To, that was very intriguing. I mean, there's... Yes. I mean, there's obviously all the creepy cult stuff, but Ugh. there is a point when they're when they're talking about the Crucible where they hint. Well, it may not be a hint. This is right. just me, what I read. Right. Um, where they say that when somebody comes back, yes, that they can be given other powers. Yes. So it's interesting. The part of the debate. Part of the moral and ethical debate going on, you know, is a Nightcrawl is like, we know we have a soul. Mm-hmm. Where does that soul go when you die? Between the mutant dying and the mutant being reborn, mm-hmm. where does that soul go? Right. And when that mutant is reborn, is their soul with them? Yeah, or is it something different? Mm-hmm. Interesting it's question. Pretty good, yeah. And then further upon that, not only can you resurrect mutants, but you can mix and match their powers should you want to. Yep. And do people have that evidently there are wills? Mutants are writing wills where they're mm-hmm. requesting to be brought back to life with like the powers of Magneto mm-hmm. or combination powers. And is that ethical? Yep. So a lot of interesting ethical questions concerning being brought back with other people's powers mm-hmm. or even one time is even being brought back in Magneto's body. Yep. Um, so the ethical question about coming back in someone else's body or coming out, coming back with someone else's powers. And then the spiritual question of what is your soul? Where mm-hmm. does it go when you die? And does it get reborn with you when you get reborn? Yep. That's it's all very interesting. Oh yeah. That's a, um, I mean, that's a, that's something I remember because I took I took some philosophy classes in college. It's yes, one of the things I've I've always been very interested in the um the the ship of Theseus question where right. if you take the ship of Theseus yes and you replace all the boards right is it still the ship of Theseus exactly it's and this is kind of always a joke but like in Star right. Trek when they would do the the beam you up you literally disintegrate and right. then reform so it's yeah. like that's not the same person right but it but it is exactly. And, um, I had, I'll, I'll be honest. I had never considered that as part of this. Me neither. Where, right. Because I mean, because they explained it so well, it seems like, well, of course it's that person, but then you realize, no, every time they're regrowing new genetic matter and making it this person, and they're I didn't backing it up from their database. Exactly. And I didn't, but what's even more, I mean, disturbing. Right. Is that if somebody wants to come back and be Wolverine, that they can be Wolverine. Yeah, that's creepy. And it also presents a huge problem of, well, what what happens like if everybody dies and they all just want to be like an army of Wolverines? And, and, And what and what what right does Wolverine have to his DNA? Exactly. What what personal rights does he have to his DNA? Mm hmm. To prevent someone else from using it. Yeah, just to his person in general. Right. Like, isn't this exactly what the humans are doing? Right. Like what we just saw in X-Force? Right. Yeah, what Zeno's doing. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting 
philosophical moral questions that mm-hmm. that that Hickman is putting out there to the reader. Right. And, and this is a very complex and deep read. Yes. And there's also the fact that um, I'm glad that they've worked in the House of M, which I know that was a big headache for the longest time. Yes. But I do like that they've kept that continuity. It yes. It shows that maybe things aren't as different as we thought. It's still kind of the same Marvel Universe, just this this point has diverged. Yes. And I always like that. I think that's yes. always very interesting. But um, it, just the... Man, the fact that when you see those kids mm-hmm. and after reading this and you realize that that's going to happen to every single one of those children, mm-hmm. that's like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I can't, I I don't care. There, Like, there's, it's one thing to just like, you know, like euthanize them right. or something right. and bring them back. Right. But to go through all of that and yeah. have them beaten to death by right. apocalypse. Right. And the concept being you have to do Crucible because you cannot... You can't tax the five, the five, right. the five mutants who are who are part of the resurrection program. Mm-hmm. You can't overwhelm them and overtax them by by killing off all you know one million mutants who are yeah. who are turned into humans. You can't kill them all off and then bring them all back at one time. Sure, it's too much of a strain. So they're yeah. going to do this once a year, right? And that and and logistically makes sense. Yeah, but when. It, it, it's all. It, it's super it's, creepy. It's super creepy, and it's just the stuff. I mean, whenever there's a character like I'm supposed to follow, and like um, Breaking Bad is a good example because mm. I was like, I knew he was turning like evil, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, eh, I don't know. But then the point came where he poisoned uh, Jesse's girlfriend's kid, mm-hmm. and that was it. It's yep. like you know what? Yep. Whenever somebody wants to do something like that to a kid, I can't. Yeah. I can't be with. Yeah, I'm not on board anymore. Right, right, right. And I mean, now this is still fascinating, and of course, I'm going to keep reading. Well, but sure, it's sure, just sure, Like, sure. okay, now you've really gone. Yeah, too far. You guys are super creep now. Yeah, you, yeah. You, <laughs> you're creeping me out. I don't like you. Yeah. Somebody needs to do something. I've, I've, I've been viewing Professor X and the, and the X Men as the villains since mm-hmm. Hickman's first issue of House of X and Powers of X. Yeah. And I, and you, I'm not right. changing my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they're just they're they're just standing there watching this happen and yeah. just completely stone faced. Right. I mean, now now Cannibal and his sister are freaking out. Right. Of course. But everybody else is fine. It's just like, yep, this is yeah. what we do. Okay. This is what we do. Yeah. So I mean, I really, I really dug all of that. Agreed. Um, totally. Now, agree. I think, I think I can, I can. I think I know where your your <laughs> criticism comes from. <laughs> yes. And I have a criticism of my, of my own. Right, okay. Not really about the writing, per se. Right. I just... It's, it, stop giving Lionel U titles like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his art's not a good match for it. No, it's, it's not. It's it just not. It just makes it look ugly. It does. Like, I'm sorry. I, I know. It does. It, it really does. He, he needs to be on a Vertigo title. He needs to be yes. doing something that is uh, a little more supernatural super- and horror-based. Right. He's just tailor-made for it. Yeah. He's it, just tailor-made for it. Yeah, this is not... This doesn't... I feel like the creep factor would be even more if, like, the people looked like actual people. Yeah. You right. know? Right. But what... I can't can't control that. Right, it's whatever. Right, exactly. Um, so I think I I feel like I'm just gonna take a guess. Yes. 
your problem is that um nothing gets progressed. Right. Okay. Right. Yes. And and uh you know look, I I I enjoyed this issue. Sure. I enjoyed this issue and the writing is excellent. Steven, I agree with everything you we've talked about. You said I agree with the writing is phenomenal. It is. It is complex. It is deep. It is thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 is beautifully written. Yeah. It it is. It is beautifully written. It is immersive. It is he and and Hickman continues to weave in little things. You got to pay attention, like the warlock Douglas Ramsey scene. Yep. Uh, uh, like uh, um, the scene with uh, oh shoot. Um, the, 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 the dilemma about whether people, the wills when people can come back in other people's bodies with other people's powers. Like he's weaving all these little subplots into the story that he's going to pay off at a later date. Checkman, Hickman is always playing. He's like playing three dimensional chess. He's always thinking one, two, three, four steps ahead. Mm -hmm. It is phenomenal. It is. The plotting that he does is mind-blowing. The multiple layers that he weaves into his stories, mm-hmm. always thinking so many steps ahead, yep. constantly, constantly fleshing out the world, it is unparalleled. Yeah. And it is amazing. And this is an incredible writing. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. But, but yes, if you skip this issue, you would not have missed anything. Nothing gets progressed. And, and, my the reason why I pointed out is because these comics are not cheap. That fair. You totally are asking fair. me to spend four dollars an issue, mm-hmm. and when I spend four dollars for an issue, and arrive at the end of the issue and feel like, whip, okay, right. beautiful writing, sure, very deep. We didn't move the story forward an inch. Mm-hmm. I could have skipped this issue. I would have missed some cool stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I get the next issue and not feel like mm-hmm. I, I, I've not missed anything. Hmm. And that to me is, you know, look, I ding other writers for it. Oh, sure. I That's can't fair. give I can't That's give fair. one of my favorites a pass on it. Sure. Even okay. though when he does it, when Hickman does it, you get a story that's rich, deep, complex, and thought-provoking. When other writers do it, you get a thin, shallow story full of babble. And dad jokes. Right. Okay? So, there's that. <laughs> there's that. True. That, that is fair. Um, I'll say the only thing that... The only thing I will say to kind of push back on that is that throughout all these points that we're bringing up, this yeah. is definitely all going to come back. Oh, I totally agree. Hickman doesn't point. do anything by, by accident right. or, or without a purpose. It's, Everything uh, in this... We will see play yeah, out we'll later. Yeah, we'll see it. Oh, we'll come, I totally we'll agree. Back. Totally agree. And um, so I don't disagree with right. you. It's just I feel like the thing the thing about Hickman's stories is that, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't do anything on accident. He doesn't right. do anything just because he can. Absolutely, everything has a point. Yep. And as far as the 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 scenarios present, I mean, the, yep. the philosophical debate is mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. But the scenarios that it presents, yep, is like okay, that is definitely something that's going to come back. And I feel yes. like if we don't have this, yep, then somebody might get like, wait, when did this happen? You know, right? But so I don't disagree, but mm-hmm. 
I can't ding the issue for it. No, I got you. you know, so yeah, fair point. Yeah. Uh, how would you grade out <laughs> X-Men number seven? Um, I will give the writing. I thought it was, I thought it was very beautiful. Anything that makes me think like mm-hmm. takes me back to my, my, some of my more philosophical inner roots. Sure. I, I always appreciate it. Yep. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to give the writing a nine. I really, really, really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Now the art on the other hand, um, I will give that a five because right, right. It, it just does not fit. Yep. Stop putting him on these titles. I, I, I agree. Thank you. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I will go uh, for the writing. I will go, um, mm, boy, it's a tough one. I'll go seven Nichols out of 10 for okay. the writing. Wrong, and, but yeah. let's <laughs> And for the art, I will go a tad bit less than you at four Nichols out of 10. I do not like use art on any mainstream yeah. superhero title. Just don't like it. Just don't yeah. like it at all. I it's haven't a bad liked fit. it since New Avengers. Yep. Yep. Bad fit. Yet still. Bad fit. Yeah. Agreed. All right, my friend. <laughs> let's go over to DC, shall we? All right. Let's start with Leviathan Dawn number one. Words, Brian Bendis. Art, Alex Maliv. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. Steven, we begin with a character named King freeing uh, uh, Steve Trevor mm-hmm. from his prison. And then they uh, hop. We, we get a little recap of Event Leviathan. Right. Where this character named Mark Shaw, he's an ex-spy master becomes Leviathan mm-hmm. and creates the organization Leviathan. Leviathan. Yeah. And even though, you know, their Superman kind of stopped them, he didn't really stop them, right. I guess. Okay. And we cut to Leviathan meeting, Mark Shaw meeting with all of his peeps and saying, hey, we had a lot of success, but somebody betrayed us from within. And, oh, right, it was uh, Dr. Uh, whatever, uh Nets, who mm. betrayed them and allowed Amanda Waller to get some of their tech. Okay. Dr. Matt, for some reason, showed up to this meeting, Stephen, right. knowing that Shaw knew mm-hmm. she was a traitor, knowing that you're probably going to get killed. Why in the world <laughs> would Dr. Mech, someone who is supposedly Stephen, as they tell us, is a super genius yeah. whose mind as they tell us in this very scene, Stephen, Mm -hmm. the reason why she did not succumb to Mark Shaw's mojo is because her mind operates at a far advanced different level than every other human, and that made her immune to his suggestive powers. Mm -hmm. Someone that highly evolved with a mind that much higher than everyone else's on such a different level, Mm -hmm. why the hell would they even show up? Just so... What happens? Gets killed. Yes. That's what Shaw does. Yeah, he kills her. Dr. Dr. Nets admits to what she did and admits to her brain being better than everyone else, and that's why she didn't fall for his mojo. Right. And he then kills her. Right. Steven, why? This is my problem. Bendis never employs any type of internal logic anywhere because he just wants to deliver what he wants to deliver regardless whether it makes sense or not. Right. Yes, um, it's well. Uh, to not go into critique so early, but I have to. <laughs> yes, the only reason that well, there's two reasons. The first one is to show, oh, look how badass he is. He killed this person. Right. That he is. He's somebody you need to be worried about because he's just he'll he'll turn on you. He'll fry you. Yes. If you if you do this. Yes. And the second reason is that 
she name drops Lex Luthor yep. and says he is going to kill you for what you did. Yep. Now, why couldn't she have been a prisoner that they dragged to the meeting to right. face her Or maybe execution? she could, you know, video conference him from some undisclosed location and there rub his face in it like, ha, 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 I got you because I'm smarter than you. Right. Because my mind is on a different level than everyone else, and I am immune to your powers. Mm-hmm. And so suck it. Look what yeah. I did. Well, Gloat, be- gloat, gloat. Well, because that could have possibly led to as uh, uh, no, you're not. I found you, which would have been like, oh, see, this guy is really smart too. <laughs> but that's see, there's so many possibilities that that extra one and uh, Bendis uh, can't do that. So right, yeah. So there we go. We're there. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> and seeing Jack Kirby's The Guardian watch this and be like, all right, so what do we do next? Just. Kills yeah. me, Stephen. This just does it. Just it's just not consistent with that character. Yeah. Maybe Mark Shaw has such amazing mind control powers you can explain it away. That's the only way you do. That's the only way you do. Yeah. Anyhow, we cut to Coast City. Lois Lane is on the scene, and she's investigating some tech that Leviathan dropped there, and uh, it looks like some kind of rocket. Or plane or something like that yeah and they're investigating it and uh we cut to it's kind of a pointless scene honestly yeah (laughs) it's 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 two pages of why are we here yeah it doesn't do anything it literally doesn't do anything it's to remind you that she's involved it's just to let you know lois lane is here hey look okay we cut to arkham asylum in gotham city steve trevor and uh uh is there to uh uh, get mr bones Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm Mr. Bones wakes up and he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get Leviathan. Uh, tell me you guys have a plan. Okay. We then cut to Green Arrow. Green Arrow is attacking some Leviathan thugs. Mm-hmm. And he beats them up. But then they do their teleportation thing to make a quick getaway. Mm-hmm. Much to Green Arrow's chagrin. And then Steve Trevor arrives on the scene and Green Arrow's like, are you part of Leviathan? And Steve Trevor's like, dude, I'm not. I would have shot you if I was. And hey, I got Mr. Bones here with us. We're all forming a gang to defeat Leviathan, and we want you to join us too. Right. Okay. It was a lot more babble to get you there. Yeah. It could have been done in about a page. Yeah. But of course, it has to be done far more because you got to babble your way through it. Yeah. But anyhow, Anyways. we think <laughs> we got to Beijing, China. We see the question. And I don't understand how people are, why there's so much blood from the question who, correct me if I'm wrong, has no superpowers. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Other than the superpower of being paranoid. <laughs> if that's a superpower, <laughs> um, he right. has it. Um, uh, so uh, he's punching these, he's fighting these Leviathan mm-hmm. flunkies, like Green Arrow was, and he's just punching with his fist, and blood's like flying all over the place. I'm like, how does that happen? Anyhow, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, and I don't know. I've just, I just have never know, thought of the question as being such a badass hand to hand combatant to the point where these, these, these thugs are like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Get us out of here. Go like, like that fighting Wolverine, yeah. you know? Anywho, they teleport away from the scene before the question can find out why Leviathan is in Beijing. Now Leviathan looks at the tech that they that the Leviathan thugs left behind, mm-hmm. right? And is like, hmm, what is this? What were they after? Hmm. And we cut away from the scene before we learn anything else. Right. Right. 
That's great. So two pages basically of nothing. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Basically yeah. two pages of nothing. Mm-hmm. Again, just letting you know the question is there. Yep. We then cut to <laughs> Manhunter, Kate Spencer variety, mm-hmm. waking up in the Batcave. And Robin, Damien variety, is there. And he tells her, hey, you're in the Batcave. And uh, then Leviathan is over. And Mark Shaw's Leviathan. Mm-hmm. And by the way, your son is safe. We got you covered, boo. Yeah. And uh, she's kind of like, all right. And they kind of have, we just... Again, yeah. we just, I don't know. Steven, the only thing, it's just, if you didn't know, was that Talia used to have control of Leviathan and that was taken, and Leviathan was supposed to be Damien's. That was mm-hmm. supposed to be his birthright, and mm-hmm. now he doesn't have it anymore, obviously. And what you and, said in three sentences, Bendis yes. took two pages to say. Yeah. I mean, am I right? The two pages, that's just all it was. Yeah. That was it. Now, I will say, two pages, remarkable restraint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I, I'm very impressed. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> we then cut to Iron Heights. Steve Trevor is there, and he's there to break out uh, Talia Agul. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why should I come with you and throws a knife at him? And he's like, damn it, come on. Why do people have to be like this? This is why people don't like being in the same room with you. Right. And he's like, I'm not, for your, I'm not here with your dad. I'm not part of Leviathan. And she's like, well, Leviathan is mine. I was praying for my son. And he's like, look, you can have it when, when, it, when we're done getting rid of Shaw, but I, I need you to, to come help me with my plan. And she's like, hmm, well, I don't know. Leviathan's my blood, uh, you know. And he's like, well, I agree. And you could turn it all around. And then she goes back to asking you who sent you. Why are we, it's like I'm reading the same conversation over and over again. She keeps asking him the same question over and over again, Stephen. Right. And he keeps telling her, nobody. Anyhow, Stephen, that's literally one, two, three, four pages. I just summed up four pages in a couple of sentences. Am yep. I, was there anything else to these four pages? No. It was literally just him arriving at Iron Heights to recruit Talia al Ghul to take down Mark Shaw, and she can have Leviathan back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Four yeah. pages. <sighs> wow. <laughs> and then we get a one-page splash shot of Checkmate. Yes, King, yep. having assembled everyone mm-hmm. and saying you're now part of the new checkmate. Lois Lane is the truth. Right. Talia is the wild card. Right. I don't think she's the wild card. You know exactly what Talia's going to do. There's mm-hmm. nothing wild card about her. Wild card means you're predictable. Right. Okay. Uh, Lobo is a wild card. Right. Yes. Talia's not a wild card. You know exactly what she's going to do at all times. Mm-hmm. Okay. The question is just the question. Right. These are the question. <laughs> In case you didn't know. <laughs> Mr. Bones is the Bones. Like, did Bendis just run out of titles by the time he got to the question and, and I guess. Mr. Bones? He just ran out of stuff, didn't he? Like, yeah, I don't got anything just, for these. Just put the director. This is so stupid. The I, skeleton. I, oh, so the, terrible. Yeah. And the, then we the get the guy. <laughs> right, right. And Lois Lane's like, why am I here? I'm a reporter. And she and, and King is like, yeah, but your dad is a, a ultimate spy master, Sam Lane. That's why you're here. And you're an important piece of the puzzle. Okay. Okay. And basically it's everybody agreeing to, you know, nobody wants to vouch for anyone else. Who's vouching for Talia al Ghul? And Trevor's like, I'll vouch for everybody. I'll vouch for Green Arrow. I'll vouch for Talia Al Ghul. I'll vouch for anyone in this room. I'll vouch for I'll everybody. I'll vouch for anybody. That, that dog over there, he's in. Yeah. 
And it's just so many pages, Stephen. Yeah, and then uh, King finally gets to the point of the scene, which is Leviathan is now has taken over Markovia, right? Yes. The former leaders of the Markovian government, they're now aligned with, with uh, you know, they, they left and Leviathan took control of an entire government, mm-hmm. an entire country overnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And only they, the high chancellor simply said they paid cash. There you go. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And uh, <laughs> now we get two pages of them going, did you Did you see this coming? I didn't see this coming. Did you see it coming? I didn't see it coming. You mm-hmm. didn't see it coming? I didn't see it coming. And then yeah. we get back to, we're vouching for yeah. Sam Lane. And who are we vouching for? And who are we going to say, oh, my yeah. God, Stephen, are you, is this a joke? <laughs> uh, and then we finally get to the point of the damn scene where Mark Shaw, I guess, does a media report, right? Does a press conference, I guess, to the world where he tells everyone that we're, the world is broken, the, world, the rules only work for a few, and uh, the world isn't fine, and we're Leviathan, and you're Leviathan, and you can join us if you want, even if you're not here in Markovia. We can all work together to fix this. That's the end of the issue. Right. Stephen, Leviathan, <laughs> Dawn, number one. Oh, well, uh, the, most, the most frustrating thing about about Bendis as a writer, uh, believe it or not, is not his incessant um, need to talk a lot. Um, that's one of them. It's very close, but it's not the one. It's the fact that even when he has something that qualifies oh. as an interesting idea, yes. he cannot help but get in his own way. God, yes. And it, I, I've, I've yes. never seen anybody get in their own way like. Bendis does. He's his worst. He's his own worst enemy. Yeah, he. If there's somebody who oh needs like a personal editor. Oh God, a personal editor, life coach, <laughs> taskmaster, dominatrix. I don't know what he needs, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, it's like he he got. It's like he got to DC and you know he, he polished his his bald head and an idea yes. came out. Yeah, it's like oh okay yeah this could, I guess this could you know this could work this would be kind of interesting. Yes. Um. Um. Possibly, you know, maybe a little game changing. He's wiping out yes. all the spy organizations yes. and stuff. Yes. And then the, the core idea for Leviathan is super cool. Yeah. The core idea of a new checkmate is cool. super cool. Yeah. I yes, the core idea is super cool. Yes, please. I would like a story about those two concepts. Mm. They sound really fascinating. But then Yes. <laughs> But then we get, well, we get this. Oh. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I. Even when he has a cool idea, he cannot execute it mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. He can't. No. See, I think as he gets older, as he progresses through his 50s, I think he's getting worse at it, Stephen. Yeah. He's getting even more meandering and babbling mm-hmm. and and lack of focus like a senile <laughs> granddad i it's getting worse Stephen. i mean he's always been bad about this yeah but i i mean i remember reading it when he first came to marvel when he first came to marvel and then i read his daredevil it wasn't this bad no. Stephen. it was not this bad he's gotten worse as he's gotten older yeah i think so i think he's um 
he's he's reaching into the bag of tricks and not finding anything. Yeah. So he's well, gotta guess I just gotta do what what I gotta do right. to make right. it work. Right. And it's just it's just not it's just not working. Like no. I don't I don't understand how like like isn't this like exciting for you, Bendis? Like the whole new idea is all your own. I know. And you can just all you have to do is just make it work. Don't do what you do. Don't don't just get don't out of your own way. Yes, just sit down, just plot some stuff out and just just go by that. Do the hard yeah. work to actually plot out the story. Exactly. To just actually be focused. Yeah. Just avoid just when you come to the point where you think, oh, I should throw a joke in there, just say, nope, no. Not going to do it. I shouldn't do that. Nope, not going to do it. It's it's the story. It's such a cool idea. Like yeah. we said, a new checkmate, Leviathan, these are really cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Throwing in Leviathan buying Markovia, mm-hmm. I mean, these are really cool core ideas. Yeah. But Steven, the execution sucks. The story is shallow. Yeah. For such cool ideas, there is no depth to the story. Mm-hmm. He does no world building. No. He does only the most barest, cursory world building possible. Mm-hmm. Seriously, he does. Yeah. And the result is the story comes across like a very cheap high school playset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, a very cheap, shoddily made theater set in your local high school. That's uh-huh. the kind of world building he does. Yeah. And... um I mean, cause, I mean, there, and there's just stuff like the like the scene with the doctor who mm-hmm. is just there to be killed, be killed, right. and uh, show oh, there's a connection to something else that's happening right mm-hmm. now. Lex Luthor is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I'm, I assume that's going to. I assume okay. I assume Scott Snyder is going to handle that because he's tying in the Leviathan stuff to right. death metal. Yep. So I'm excited to see that. I am too. Because that sounds like it might be yes. interesting. Yes. Um, but. Just the thing of why does she have to be there, right? Or why does she have to be have come of her own volition? So stupid. It's it's such an easy fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it, that's what's baffling to me. It's just like this stuff is so textbook it's, simple. It's basic stuff. It's not hard. It really is basic stuff to have to have that internal logic. Yeah. It, 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 and so many of the scenes, Stephen, are just so drawn out and so meandering. Mm-hmm. Unnecessarily, he takes four yeah. pages and what you can do in one. Yeah. Over and over and over. The character work, it's not there. Everybody has the same personality. Everybody gets the exact same dialogue. There is, if I just read you this issue, Stephen, and didn't tell you who was talking, you would never know. Yeah. You would never know. Mm -hmm. There's just no attempt at it. There's no attempt. It's like he's so in love with his own voice. There's no attempt to create unique external voices. There's no attempt to create character work. It's just Bendis being Bendis. Bendis is Manhunter. Bendis as the question. Bendis as Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's just too bad. It's a cool idea, Stephen. It is. With a wretched execution. Exactly. And then there's Malley's art. I'm going to... This is... I know this is controversial. Oh, boy. Here we go. I Don't am say it. not a fan <laughs> of Malley's artwork on anything that... Again, Malley should be doing like Vertigo titles. I just don't like his art on a superhero comic. I don't like it. Yeah. Not a fan of it. There you go. That's my controversial statement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And with that, um, how would you grade out uh, Leviathan Dawn number one? Um, I'll give the writing a three. Yep. I'll give the art. I mean, 
I like Alex Malley's art. Mm-hmm. It's just this is another to me. Mm-hmm. This is another instance of somebody who I do think is talented, mm-hmm. just given nothing. Yep. To do. Yep. So I've got to give it a six. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the writing, I will go two night girls out of ten. And the art, I, I like Maliv on the right title, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't like him on mainstream superhero titles for the most part. I would like Maliv on, like, a Moon Knight title. Sure. I would like him on a Moon Knight title. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Daredevil. Durr. Yeah. Maliv's great on Daredevil. Mm-hmm. There are certain titles that he's just a perfect match for. Sure. I don't think this one. Not okay. with not with these characters. Not with this great... Mm-hmm. A story, uh, the story on a big, big grand scope. Yeah. Big grand scale. Epic. Not him. I like him on very, very small, dark, moody, intimate street level titles. Mm-hmm. That's okay. where they. That's where he appeals that's to me. Fair. That's fair. I will give his art a six night girls out of ten. Having okay. said that, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, see him. Hmm. Let's do Red Hood. Okay. Red Hood Outlaw number forty three. Shall we? Mm-hmm. As always, Stephen. The words Scott Lobdell. Mm-hmm. Pencils Christopher Williams. Inks, Scott Hanna. Colors, Arif Prienta. Steven, we begin in the Iceberg Lounge. Oh no, Susie Sue, she's dead. She's been killed. But she then comes back to life. Yeah. That's one of her superpowers. Yep. You can kill her. And here she gets turned into a pincushion. And um, <laughs> a bunch of swords. And she comes back to life. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We then cut to uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. A train. Zipping its way through Germany. Mm-hmm. And Red Hood is like, oh, I hate it when she's right. Who's right? You know who's right. Artemis. Mm-hmm. And we see Artemis grabbing Red Hood and pulling him back onto the train. <laughs> they're, on the, they're on the top roof of the train. And uh, uh, we then see that uh, uh, Bizarro is also on the roof of the train. And he's battling two uh, sorority girls, it looks like. Yeah. But they're super powered. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Why am girls hating Bizarro and friends? <laughs> and and I, I love Scott Lobdell's Bizarro, by yeah. the way. I just lo- I like his physical look. <laughs> I like his personality. This I've never liked Bizarro more than I have on this title. Yep. Bar, bar none. Oh, yeah. I bar agree. none. I agree. Um, and Bizarro's like, at one point, one little sorority girl is on his neck, and she's like trying to like, like, like a sleeper hold almost <laughs> on him, you know? She's tiny, though. She's like, her legs are on his neck, her arms are on his head. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, she's like, Kill him. She's like she tells her little sorority girlfriend, "Don't talk to it, Kelly. Kill it." And Bizarre's like, "That am unli- that am unlikely." <laughs> <laughs> and then Artemis joins in the brawl, and she's you know, and she's like, uh, "Bizarro, you can hit him." And he's like, "If red hair says it's okay to fight back, who am I to say no?" <laughs> he starts kicking butt. And then at this point, uh, the two uh, sorority girls they're knocked out. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that was fun. <laughs> Artemis <laughs> is like, I don't disagree. And then the three of them, uh, you know, rip open the top. Artemis rips open the top of the uh, train car they're mm-hmm. on. They dive Lots into it. Lots of trains it. today. A lot of, you know, a lot of trains today. Mm. You're right. That's a popular motif. Uh, <laughs> and they're trying to see what these two sorority girls, killer sorority girls, were trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And they see inside the train car is a sweet ass C3 Corvette, Stephen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a C3 Corvette. You'll know that as the third-generation Corvette made from the late 60s all throughout the 70s into about 1982 in some form or another, but the same basic shape. The uh, original ones, though, made in the late 60s, those are the ones big high-dollar money. Mm -hmm. And uh, Red Hood, 
Uh, you know, it's like, why, why would, what do they want from here? And Artemis is like, well, Artemis being the ultimate woman knows the value of that sweet old car. I like, I can't like, like, are they trying to make me like Artemis even more, Steven? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, powerful, hot, loves old cars, know their, knows their valuation. Oh, watches Barrett Jackson auto auctions. <laughs> it's like my dream woman, Steven. Um, <laughs> She literally showed him the car fast. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, anyhow, there was actually something other than the car there. Right. Under uh, a tarp is an obelisk with an eye on it. Mm-hmm. And so it's this magical obelisk, and it's an ancient one that these um, these creepy, evil, demon-like creatures keep uh, uh, getting. And evidently it makes more of them. It turns human. It turns the, the obelisk turns the humans into these demon-like creatures. Essentially, is that right? Uh, More or yes. less. Yes. Yeah. Y- yes, I believe it, it generates whatever turns people into whatever. Whatever these demon, <laughs> these ghoulish demony creaturey thingy likes. Whatever. Yes. Anyhow, the sorority girls then jump back into the train car, and now they turn into their demon form. Mm-hmm. Right. So they they showed that the girls were just hosts right. for these. Uh, creepy, ugly demon things. Mm. All right. And um, I like how, so they, the two story girls, they kind of merge together to create this two-headed demon monster thingy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Bizarre's like, Bizarre does not like magic stuff. Me should have thrown them into the sun when me had the chance. <laughs> and um, anyhow, then we see this massive demon and Bizarre and Artemis like, God damn, we got to fight this thing. And suddenly it just explodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, bits and pieces everywhere. Bizarre's like, this am gross. And Artemis <laughs> is like, I concur. Uh, and we see Red Hood there with two blazing, fiery swords. He's who blew apart the demon. Mm-hmm. And Artemis is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You got the all blades. Mm-hmm. That's what the glowing swords are. And you're the only living person who can wield them. Lord help us. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyhow, suddenly, guess who appears, Stephen? General Glory. Yeah. What blast from the past, Stephen? Mm. General Glory? <laughs> Did not see that coming. Wow, yeah. talking about from the Wayback File. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I'll... Bizarro salutes him. That's the best part. He salutes him. Um, and he immediately starts following his words, too. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, he's, he's in charge. And Artemis is like, just because he says so doesn't mean he is. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, General Glory, he has been uh, following these obelisks, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to, to track down what's going on with these things. They started turning up and they started, you know, they can swallow a hundred souls and spit out a bunch of little demons. Mm-hmm. You know, every time it swallows a human, turns them into demons. And so, anywho, um, evidently, Quirak, Quirak, how do you pronounce Adam? In Quirak, Quirak, that's the Middle Eastern, the fictional Middle I Eastern think it, country. I think it's Quirak. Yeah. Quirak. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know the, the fictional Middle Eastern country in the DC universe. Yeah, Black Adam's country. Right. No, that's Kondak. Oh, you're right. That's Kondak. My bad. I'm this sorry. is Kurak. Kurak. Yes. So evidently that's uh they they're they're collecting these obelisks in Kurak for some nefarious purpose. Right. So Red Hood's like, we gotta go to Kurak. 
but what do you do? We then cut back to uh, Ma Gunn's home for Wayward Boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that place. And we see Ma Gunn <laughs> interviewing people for the job of being a teacher at the uh, home for Wayward Boys. Right. And we see an interesting collection of uh, people applying for a uh, teacher, Stephen, yeah. uh, including Giganta. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Mixelplex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she's interviewing them, and she's kind of like, you know, how did you... Why, why are you here? <laughs> you know, and like Giganta, like she has Giganta and Giganta's like giant sized mm. and she's barely in the house, barely in the house. Cause she's huge. And she's like, truth is I'm a people person. People like me because she's stuck. She's, yeah. she's in a tight position. And then you see her interviewing Mr. Mixelplex and Mr. Mixelplex is like, before I continue, do you happen to have a spare phone book? <laughs> and all you see in the panel, by the way, is like just the, his, his, his top his hat. hat and some hair. <laughs> and then you hear ding dong. Ma Gun goes to the door and she's like, you know, hey, I don't. I'm sorry, whoever's here. I've, I've seen all the applicants. I want. I can see for one day. And oh no, it is Mansoor Mala. Yes, and and it's the brain. <laughs> cut to Gotham City, and it's the apartment of uh, what's her name, Jason uh, Isabel Ardia, whatever. Yeah. Jason Todd's (laughs) Jason Todd's you know sometime girlfriend yes and she's washing her dog and he she jumps off to the door and barking like a maniac at the door and um, Isabel opens the door and there's no one there Mm -hmm. it's just a samurai sword and she's like huh she grabs the samurai sword and oh no Steven oh dear oh oh dear she turns into a demon a white, all white albino demon samurai. Mm-hmm. I don't know this character. I don't know if I'm supposed to recognize this character. Yeah. Am I supposed to recognize this character? I have no clue who it is. Good. <laughs> then I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Steven, Red Hood, all Alan. you know is she's bad, she's bad news. news. And it's Jason Todd's sometimes girlfriend. Yep. Bad mix, Steven. Yes. Red Hood Outlaw, number 43. What do you think? Um. Well, I've... Um, well, I will say, I even though I liked the initial him just being on his own little turn that took, I like it better now that Artemis and Bizarro are back. Yes. I think it's a lot more fun. Yes. Um, I think um, I love the interaction. Yep. I thought that, you know, the action was cool. I, the, you know, the, the, whole, the whole plot device of the weird obelisk, yeah, it's... It's basic. It's basic, right, whatever. Right, right. Um, uh, I was surprised to see General Glory, of all people. It's just like a, a very random, like, huh, okay. Right, yeah. That's cool. Um, it's so weird, because when I looked at the comics, the, the newest issue of that the, of that new Black Terror comic came out, and I was like, huh, okay, so we're looking to see the oldest character in books this week. Which one is it? Is it? this or is it general glory right (laughs) that was kind of funny but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just it's it's a lot of fun it's um it's keeping up the the trend that it's been going on for a while it's now that it's out of that very um confusing strange thing with the the kids and stuff Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. they transition to the, the the new home yep um, it's back on track, firing on all the cylinders and he's fire on. I like it. Yep. Um, I miss Pete Woods on the art, but I'd like, I kind I like the, the artists they've got now, uh, just fine. Yep. Um, but 
yeah, so it's it's another fun title. It's it's not the greatest thing in the world, but like I said with uh, Force Works, sometimes you don't have to be exactly Just be a fun time. Yeah, and you get the points. I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I, I I just thought this was a super fun issue. I'm with mm-hmm. you, Stephen. It's just fun. Yeah. It's not trying to change the world. It's not trying to be Jonathan Hickman's X Men. It's right. not trying to be you know anything mind blowing. It's not Scott Snyder's Justice League. It's mm-hmm. not. It's 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 not trying to reinvent continuity. It's not trying to to or blow the wheel. Your, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not trying to blow your mind with complex writing. It's not trying to blow your mind with some novel take on something you know unique and different. I mean, like you said, the obelisk thing. It, it has definitely has that very been there, seen that mm-hmm. comic book trope. Right, right. I mean, it's it's generic demons yeah. coming from a generic obelisk. None of this seems particularly <laughs> new or creative, right? right? Right. I mean, the samurai sword that turns his on and off girlfriend into a albino demonic samurai lady. Yeah, it all has this kind of like, yep, seen it. I've read this in the nineties. You know what I mean? None of it is particularly novel, right? Exactly. But. It's funnier than hell. It's fun and it's entertaining, right? Yep. And it's a cool cast of characters. General Glory, Stephen, do you remember him? He 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 first appeared in Justice League America 46 back in 91. That's when uh, uh, Giffen and Dematisse De- mm-hmm. were um, <laughs> doing Justice League. Yep. And they created him as kind of like a, a Captain America parody. And do you remember the sidekick he had? Uh, his Bucky sidekick, um, um, Ernie the Battling Boy. <laughs> Ernie the Battling Boy. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's just cool. It, it was like, I just thought it was, it was so neat by Scott Lobdell to pick this completely random character yep. that, I, honestly, Stephen, when's the what? last time you saw this character? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember. I think the last... I mean, I think there was a reference to him during 52. Um, Maybe there was. But, I mean, this is a character I haven't seen since Damatisse and Giffen's Justice League. You know what I mean? It's It was just like... <laughs> you can tell Lobdell's having fun. Yes. Lobdell is having a blast writing this title. And he's mm-hmm. just picking... He's having a blast picking these random-ass characters. <laughs> You know? Yeah. I mean, picking, you know, Giganta, obviously not so random. Sure. And Mr. Mixelplick. But Monsieur Mala and the Brain, two classic Doom Patrol villains. Mm-hmm. That's where they first were created. That's what they're really known for is Doom yeah. Patrol. But it's like, and, and, and they, they have a history. Remember, they were used, uh, was it Judd? Did Judd, who was it? Who was the writer when they were used on, um, come on, The Outsiders? Do you remember? Oh crap! I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna draw a blank, but anyhow, I say it might be Judd Winning. I it, think I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Anyhow, um, I can't recall. I'm trying to think. It was. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I do know they have a history with Teen Titans too. Yes, they do. The, and that's the, that's mostly because of the, Beast Boy's relationship right. to the Doom Patrol. Right. So. But anyhow, it's just cool to see these these random characters mm-hmm. appearing. You know, it's just neat. It's just it's it's fun. The whole the whole thing is just fun. I thought 
again, it's nothing new, but it's quickly sure. paced. Yeah. It's quickly paced. It's got lots of action. It's good it's, humor. It's good, well-timed humor. Yeah. It is well-timed humor, and not everybody gets a joke. Exactly. Okay. Red Hood, I don't think, cracks a joke at all in the issue. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not that no. I remember. Um, Artemis plays the straight man to Bizarro's jokes. Mm-hmm. Now, some of Artemis's lines are funny, but in the straight man way right. of being funny. Mm-hmm. Like when she goes, I concur to it being a mess. Like yeah. her, Hers are the straight man funny lines mm-hmm. to Bizarro's more obvious jokes. Right. Playing for a laugh dialogue. Well-timed humor mm-hmm. and consistent with everyone's personality, and not everybody gets the joke lines. Yes. It's well it, judiciously used. It's properly done. But that's the thing. It's well-plotted. It moves along quickly. It's well-paced. Mm-hmm. It's got a purpose. Lovedell, even though the story is not novel, yeah, he's got multiple plot lines going. Yeah, He's he moving things. He's got the one with the girlfriend mm-hmm. and the samurai sword. He's got the one with Ma Gun. And searching for a teacher, and he's got the one with the obelisk. Mm-hmm. We've got several. We've got an A, B, and a C storyline in yeah. this issue moving along. I like that. Mm-hmm. And but the heart and soul of this issue is the action, the adventure, and the humor. Mm-hmm. It, would you agree? That's I the heart and soul of the issue, right? Yeah. It's it's again, <laughs> it's like it, well, that's kind of the mission statement almost. It is. <laughs> it is. It's we're gonna have fun. Yeah. This tells you we're just gonna have fun. We're not gonna be serious. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna be serious. We're not gonna we're not gonna pretend that we're highbrow. Mm-hmm. No. We're gonna do what superhero comics have traditionally done. Yeah. We're just gonna have fun. And I like that. If yeah. you're okay with that. Now, if you're looking for something deeper and more complex, sure. This is not for you. Yeah. This is not for you. But I like the basic character work. I like, I do like Bizarro, Artemis, and Red Hood together. I just like the dynamic of those three characters. Yeah. I like Ma Gun. I think the scene with her interviewing people was just, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was just so funny. So I, this is just a guilty pleasure title of mine. Oh, it, it, no, it's, don't, don't say it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> you, you like it sometimes. You know what? Sometimes you like something that's a little deeper, a little right. weirder. Some, you, you like David Lynch, right. but you also like 80s action movies. Right, right, right. You can like both. Exactly. It's okay to like both. Th- that's what this is. Yes. And, and I, I, if, if, if you like, if you're into super comics that just deliver, that want to deliver some fun action adventure, mm-hmm. you got to give Red Hot. Red Hood Outlaw, uh, a try. And don't yeah. let Scott, Scott Liddell's name scare you yeah. off. And don't let the characters, maybe you're like Bizarro, Artemis, and Red Hood. What? That's a random <laughs> collection. Just trust me. If you like this type of comic, if you just like having some fun, getting yeah. some laughs, getting some action adventure, <laughs> give it a try. You'll be surprised. I think you'll be I surprised. S- I swear. I think the biggest albatross on this title as far as sales is Scott Liddell. Yeah. Which is a shame because he's it actually is. doing a good job. I know, but his name carries such baggage. baggage Deserved. You know? baggage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Maybe he should change his name to Alan Smithy. <laughs> Fantastic, Stephen. Uh, how would you grade yes, out Red Hood? All the 50-year-olds in the audience. <laughs> and went, I know what that is. <laughs> how would you grade out Red Hood Outlaw number 43? Um, I will give... I'll give the writing a seven because it's a lot of fun. Yep. Um, fast paced. I yep. liked it. Funny. Yep. Um, and the art, I will give the art. I'll give the art a six. It was good, not great. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. I will go. I, you know, I'm, I, 
I'm right there with you. Okay. I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do seven nickels out of ten for the writing. Six nickels out of ten for the art. It's fine. Yeah, it's serviceable. Yeah, but it doesn't stand out in any ways no. at all. Um. All right. Last man up, Stephen. All right. Shazam. Shazam. Number eleven. Mm-hmm. Words. My boy Jeff Johns, who mm-hmm. should be the publisher of DC Comics right now. Yeah. So disappointed still. I um, know. Art. I still another chance. Yeah. Art. No. <laughs> Maybe he's playing hardball. Maybe he's playing hardball in negotiations, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Art is uh, <laughs> Scott Collins. Mm-hmm. This issue, Stephen. You know, we don't usually lead with art. We don't really discuss a lot of art. I'm not an artist. You're not an artist. Right. I feel more comfortable critiquing story. I think you do as well. And I think honestly, story is more of a, is the easier thing to critique than mm-hmm. um, art. Art is so highly, highly subjective. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Marvel and DC are going to hire artists that are talented. Okay, right. they're not going to hire anyone who doesn't know how to draw. Sure. Art, I think, is far more subjective than writing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look at it more as how it pertains to telling the story. Right, right. So. And uh, But I would lead with art, and let me tell you what, it's amazing the difference that art can have on a story, Stephen. Yeah. We've been reading Shazam since issue number one. You and I have liked this title a mm-hmm. lot. We've been all in on Shazam since the beginning. Yep. And it's... Art, this just shows you, this Shazam 11 really shows you the power art has on a story because Dale Eaglesham mm-hmm. has made Jeff Johns' story something incredible. Yeah. And Scott Collins, who is a talented artist, yeah. do not get me wrong, he mm-hmm. is a talented artist, and I loved Scott Collins on The Flash. The Flash yeah. I thought he was a great fit for The Flash mm-hmm. and the stories that we were getting on there. His him doing the art instead of Eagle Shame really impacts this story for me, Stephen. I did not enjoy this issue nearly as much as the other issues, and that's solely because of the artwork. Mm. I just think Eagle Shame brings John's Shazam world to life in such a fashion, and I think Eagle Shame's style of art is a better match for the classic designed chiseled mm-hmm. features and look of Shazam. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand. I understand completely. And, uh... Of course, to be fair, yes. anybody who is not Dale Eaglesham well, picking up after Dale Eaglesham is going to look yeah. a little yes. dingy by comparison. Yes. That, that, <laughs> Let's that's, just be honest. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> All right. So we begin on the Earthlands in Philadelphia at the Vasquez foster home, mm-hmm. and uh, Billy Batson sees the wizard... Uh, they basically looks like he's killing his dad. Right. Okay. And Billy's like, what are you doing? And she, and the wizard's like, you know, your dad's not supposed to have the powers. Your father was corrupting our magic. I had to take it back. Mm-hmm. And Billy's like, you, uh, no way, man. And uh, the wizard's like, you know, I made a bad choice. You're not ready to be champion of magic, Billy. I was desperate to stop Black Adam, but I chose poorly. And Billy's like, you want the power back? Shazam is on! And yep. he just plows into the uh, wizard. Mm-hmm. And we get a big brawl. All of the rest of the Shazam family wakes up. They see the wizard battling with Billy. Mm-hmm. And so they all power up. And all of the other members of the Shazam family attack uh, the wizard. And, uh, uh, I like how um, they, they, the Shazam... The, Shazamily, <laughs> the Shazam is what Freddie Freeman says because yep. they charge out of the house and they all attack him at one time, the wizard at one time, and and Freddie's like, "Don't worry, Billy, the Shazamily has your back," <laughs> which is great because it's been in the, the 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 running joke since issue number one is what do they call themselves? Right, 
the Shazamily. I am voting for Shazamily. I can, well, <laughs> I like it because it's funny. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, anyhow, um, we then see uh, Cece, mm-hmm. the father, uh, Billy's father, wake up. So he's not dead. He just doesn't have his powers. You're right. And he's like, oh, no. The wizard knows something, and he's not telling us something. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the wizard get, blows all the kids off, and he's like, children, rawr, get off me. Listen to me. And then we cut to the Monsterlands, and we see Mr. Mind talking to Savannah. And saying that you know, the the gateway to freeing all of their fellow monsters mm-hmm. is the glowing eye, the energy eyeball that Savannah has. Mm-hmm. So Savannah takes a little Shazam dagger and puts it into his eye, and that then unlocks all. I don't know how the logic behind that, Stephen, but that unlocks the gates. Yes. Don't ask why. It just does. It's just, <laughs> and so we see. You all just the saw the word Shazamily. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And we see all the gates unlocking, all the prisons unlocking for the monsters, except for one. Yeah. Superboy Prime, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You little maggot, let me out." <laughs> we then cut back to um, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The wizard has gained the upper hand on the Shazamily, mm-hmm. and he's beginning to take their powers out from them. Yeah. And then Billy steps in and uh, blocks him. He's like, no, no, you know, why are you fighting us? And the wizard's like, I'm, I'm confused. He's, what's going on here? And then Cece walks out, and he's like, hey, you know, he's trying, he's trying, he's like, I know you don't think I deserve his powers, but, you know, look, I'm totally, I'm totally here to support you know, Billy, and if you think I need to be gone, I'll leave right now, leave him alone, never be seen again. Mm-hmm. And there was like, no, you're evil one. You must be destroyed. And he goes to attack Cece, and Billy is like, no, and he goes, shazam, and shoots a big lightning bolt out of his chest that mm-hmm. goes through the wizard and into Cece, giving Cece his powers back again. Mm-hmm. And the wizard's like, I can see it now. I can see it now. I can see clearly. And then he kind of just uh, fades away. Yeah. Right? And I don't know where he, he kind of just collapses to the ground. It goes back to the Rock Eternity. Right. Billy sends him back to the Rock Eternity. That big bolt that he sends mm-hmm. gives his dad the powers back, sends Wizard back to the Rock of Eternity. Right. And um, then we see Black Adam has appeared. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. And he attacks Cece. And... Uh, Black Adam's like, if I'm to bring my family back, I stand with Mr. Mind. And then suddenly, Cece starts chanting mm-hmm. a spell. Yep. Uh-oh. And it separates Black Adam's soul from his body mm-hmm. and sends his astral self to the Darklands with the other ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Yep. And see you later. He'll be torn between the two realms by Adam. There goes Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, and then Cece's like, they're like, "How'd you speak that spell?" And Cece's like, "Oh, the voice in my head, the wisdom of Solomon. It, you know, it told me what to say." Mm-hmm. And Billy's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I got the wisdom of Solomon too, and it's more like a pit in the, uh, in your, it's not in the pit of your stomach. Mm-hmm. It's not a voice in your head." And you let the wizard see a glimpse of the truth, didn't you? That's why you freaked out. You wanted us to fight. And Black Adam, he was going to see it too. And Billy's like, oh, I wanted to believe so bad that my dad was back. And he goes, this entire time we thought Mr. Mind, who's been talking to Savannah, right? We've been seeing Mr. Mind inside like the right. ear, right? Talking mm-hmm. to Savannah. We thought that he was inside Savannah this whole time. Mm-hmm. Guess what? 
he's been inside Cece this whole time. And mm-hmm. we see Cece go, ha, 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 ha. And he goes, I've been communicating with Savannah, but he's not my host. Your father is. And we see Mr. Mind is inside Cece. Yep. Plot twist. Well, that was so awesome, by the way. That moment mm-hmm. was like, Whoa! your jaw's on the ground. Yep. So cool. <laughs> Cece then blasts the Shazamily. They all fall to the ground. And uh, suddenly we see the monsters that Dr. Savannah freed for Mr. Mind. Mm-hmm. And their names are, are you ready, Stephen? Yes. Jeepers uh-huh. from the Darklands. He's kind of like a man bat. Yeah. You've got the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. She's from the Wonderlands. You've got King Cole. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like Conan. Oh, yeah. From the Earthlands. You've got Dr. Savannah, of course. Mm-hmm. You've got Scapegoat, who's like a goat in like a mobster <laughs> outfit, right? Like a mafioso yeah. outfit. Scapegoat <laughs> from the Wildlands. You've got Evil Eye from the Monsterlands. Mm-hmm. You've got Mr. Atom from the Gamelands. Mm-hmm. You've got the Crocodile Man. He's like a three-headed crocodile. From the Wildlands. You've got the Red Queen, you know, off with her head. Yep. From Alice in Wonderland. Similar. The Red Queen from the Wonderlands. You've got Mr. Merry-Go-Round from the Funlands. <laughs> Dude, these characters, Stephen, are just... I love them. Yeah. I love the designs. I love the names. <laughs> They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. We then come back to the Monsterlands, and we see that dummy that uh, brought uh, Savannah over to the Monsterlands, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, uh, uh, you know, he said he would free me, but he didn't free me. And you see Superboy Prime going, hey, hey, I was left behind. But if you get me out, I'll help you get out. There's a little magical red sun over there keeping my powers at, at bay. So if you just, if you turn it off, put the light out. Mm-hmm. And the dummy puts the light out and then whoosh, door blows open. <laughs> Heat vision whoosh, kills the dummy. Yep. And the Superboy's like, stupid idiot. Like, I need to team up with you. Like, I need to team up with anybody. Look out, Billy Batson, you're first. And <laughs> oh, issue. Yeah. Shazam number 11, Stephen, what you think? Wow. Um, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, that was. That a was... Lot, by the way, going on that issue. Yes. Whoa. Johns was delivering a lot in that issue. Mm-hmm. It's... Oh, boy. No slow burn that issue. No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, I mean... Like, oh my God, that's the <laughs> a lot of payoff we've been building up to this issue. Yes, and st- and just piling it on like that. Good oh, 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 Lord, oh. I just I, just one of those plot reveals would have been enough. Mm-hmm. One of those plot twists would have been plenty, <laughs> but he slammed plot twist on top of plot twist there. Yep, and um, and just development on top of development <sighs> as well. Because I didn't wow. think we were going to get Superboy Prime back that fast. I didn't think so either. <laughs> But it's on. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. Ooh, that's that's not good. Um. Well, I, I, man, I I really, really, really love this title. Yeah, lot. I do too. It's, it's so fun. It, it's a yeah, it's God. a lot of fun. But at the same time, like you still at the end, like you still feel like like the weight of oh yeah like a like a like a more serious title because it's like oh yeah oh my god there's a lot of awesome world building Mm -hmm. lots of heavy drama oh yeah oh yeah there's a lot going on here and even in one that's technically more action heavy Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. the rest Mm -hmm. it's still really cool how they tie in everything i mean because with the um 
the Monster Lands getting opened, of course, yeah, was yeah. kind of the big thing. I figured that was going to happen. Oh yeah, me, yeah, right. Um, but it's just it was weird. for for a second I thought, okay, so that's not that can't be that can't be the wizard. That can't be Shazam. There's no way. Right. It must be some doppelganger or something. That's what I was thinking too. And then, um, I, I legit didn't see it coming, Steven. I didn't see it coming. I legit did. I really thought it was going to be revealed. The wizard was a doppelganger. Right. Or some, or something from the monster lands or something like that. But, he pulled it. He pulled a fast one on me. <sighs> Fucking Doctor Mind inside a CC and not Servana. Yeah. So, geez, I was just awesome. Yeah, because it's like it's something you never would have would have considered before. Right. right. And and you know it just that it, like thinking about it that really kind of hurt because <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> you know like so was this whole thing the reuniting the getting back with Billy yeah so was that all a lie yes. It's like yeah. because I feel for the, for these characters, yeah. it really is just like wow, that really sucks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, totally, absolutely. And it's just man, that I mean, that just the development in obviously the, the way they're developing it right now is like the, okay, he well he's a he's a threat. He has the powers yeah, right. of, of Shazam right. and all that, but. The fact that it connected like that with me just shows mm-hmm. what a good job that Jeff Johns has done, like mm-hmm. really building the family aspect. And Mr. Mind has been in CC this whole time. Yeah. I didn't so, know. Didn't know. And so now you know, well, is CC really want to be a good dad or is, or is he still a, a – or is he still an absentee father? Mm-hmm. Still a deadbeat mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is – man, just the thought of that is like, wow. Great. But um, yeah, and they, I mean, just as but what comes out of the Monsterlands is, I mean, those look so oh, cool. Yeah, totally great characters. And it's it it's such an overwhelming sense of oh my god, yes. <laughs> like that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of bad guys, a lot of bad guys, <laughs> and now there's only six yeah Shazamily members. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I counted that there's, there's more than that. There was like 10, I think, right. um, including Dr. Savannah mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. uh, CC, I think, but mm-hmm. man, it's, and then Superboy prime yeah, on top of all of it. I'm like, Oh my God, he alone is enough. Yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, the thing with, um, and, and black Adam is gone as well. Yep. Possibly. I mean, they say he's maybe not dead and he's definitely not dead. He's, oh, he's definitely not coming dead. out, but you know, it's like. Another thing to worry about because they're yeah. gonna have to find him. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh my god, there's just I love how he can keep it going, like so much stuff. I know, but it it doesn't overwhelm you. No, it doesn't. It's not badly paced. It's it never not, feels cluttered or messy or confusing. Not yeah. at all. It's just it, oh, it feels it's it's this is like the the episode before the season finale where yes. everything has yes. gone to crap. Yes, and now you have to. They have to find a way out of it. Absolutely, and I'm stoked. Like, oh yeah, I, this, it's oh, it's so cool. I'm like, I'm like shaking. I'm so yeah. excited. Oh, um, I'm with you. I yeah. I adore this title. Yeah. I adore, and this is Jeff Johns in Shazam Eleven. This is Jeff Johns showing off his plotting skills mm-hmm. and his world building skills. They're just they're they're. It's Jonathan Hickman. It's Jeff Johns. Yeah, and it's Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. There's your top three. But Johns has been doing it longer. Yeah. He's been doing it forever. He that man is just he, he 
Kai just knows how to plot like nobody else. He knows how to keep a story rolling and unfolding and weaving new plot lines into it and evolving old plot lines into even newer ones. He's the master of the plot twist. He he knows how to organically grow a story like few writers. Yeah. And there is so much depth to this story. There are so many moving pieces going on and they slide together seamlessly <laughs> like a Swiss watch. Yeah. That's what makes it so enjoyable. That's what makes it so much fun, and it's a Absolutely. blast. This it, this issue, it, you you are it keeps you guessing. You are shocked with each turn of the page. You are you are invested in all the characters because you got good character work. Mm-hmm. It's got good soul, got good emotion. Mm-hmm. So you got that part that makes you invest in all the characters. Mm-hmm. The story feels like it has some genuine stakes to it, mm-hmm. with the threats that our, our heroes are facing. Yeah, and uh, on top of it. It's just fun. Fun as hell. It's just exciting. This is great, great superhero story. It just is. This is what you want from your superhero stories. It's just awesome. People have... This title's not selling well. Which is... It blows me away. This title is not selling well. It is such brilliantly written mainstream superhero Storytelling. Right. It, this title deserves more readers. It really does. If you like mainstream superheroes, you should be reading Shazam. It's tailor-made. For, I mean, it's mainstream superhero at its best. Mm-hmm. It really is. It is. It, it, and it feels like Johns is having a blast and mm-hmm. just letting his imagination run wild with yep. all these crazy over-the-top characters. <laughs> you know? Yep. Ain't, literally anything can happen on this title. I get the feeling that literally anything can happen on Shazam. I agree. So, uh, what do you think of Scott Collins filling in for Eagle Jam? Um, I mean, look, like I said earlier, it's anybody who's not Dale Eagle Sham following Dale Eagle Sham. It's tough. Is going to be a, a bit of a step down. Yep. I mean, it's it's no disrespect to anybody else. Right. Right. But you know, he's he's just that good. Yeah. It's very it's it's and kind unfortunately of that slow. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I feel like Jeff Johns is tired of having things delayed for him. Right, right. And so he wants to get his stuff out. Yeah, and I get that. Um, but I mean, Scott Collins not a bad artist. No, Did not no, do a bad no. job. No, 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 no. Um, it's. I, I mean, I do agree with you that it is an adjustment. It is. It just, is, man. It is so different. Yeah, because when I pick up a Shazam issue, I expect Daily Little Sham. Right. Yep. But uh, it's, it's, it's like I can't, I, I feel like I can't really, like, I can't detract, detract any points from him for that because that's right. not fair. Right, right, right. But, um, I mean, I think he gets, I mean, like, the design of the monsters look oh, really look cool. Yeah, they do. They look good. They and, look good. um, you know, I mean, the action you see it, you see it well. Oh yeah, it's, sure. It gets it gets across everything it needs to get across. Yes. It is just different. Yes, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same amount of detail. No, but but still, it's not it's not bad. Right. You know, I yep. feel like it lacks the gravitas that Eagle Sham's art brings. Right. But, yeah, it, but but still not bad. No, no, not bad, not bad. <laughs> just a little more, a little more comic booky. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, it's just hard because I think, I think it, it gets across what it needs to get, to get across well enough, but 
they're just moments where, like, you know, when the Shazamly attacks the wizard, like, that looks cartoony comic booky. Right. It's, you know, that's, if that had been Eagle Sham, that would have been more of a, wow. Yeah, maybe a little more dynamic. You know? Yeah. It, I mean, it's, mm. yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's got Collins. Yeah. I liked it. I do too. Just, it's a it's a shame. It's, it's an adjustment. Yeah, it's an adjustment. Um, was Ivan Reyes not was he was he busy? No, he, <laughs> nah, he'd have been a good guy to follow. Yeah. Was, I agree. I agree. But, Doug know, Mankey. D- yeah, he could have followed a good him. one. Yeah, um, I agree. Jason Fabok. Jason Fa- Oh, he could have followed. Him. What is he doing? Why is I he don't not know. working? Why more? isn't that getting work? I don't get it. Drives me crazy. Yeah. Anyhow, how would you grade out Shazam Anyways, number eleven? Um, I will give. I'll give the writing, I'll give that a nine. Yes. I, oh, so good. And the art, I'll give the art a seven. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I will go uh, writing nine Nichols out of ten for sure. Mm-hmm. The art, I'll go tad bit less than you, six Nichols out of ten. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah part, of, like, part of it just may be my brain wanting that eagle sham. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Stephen. You know what? Decent collection of comics this week. Yeah. Not too bad. Honestly, uh, uh, surprisingly enough, Stephen... Uh, the only dud, we only had one dud this week. Yep. That's it. That's and that right. one dud, Stephen, is from DC. Mm-hmm. Not Marvel. You and I, uh, you know, are, they were fairly even, but I think we both maybe tend to trend a bit, bit more DC than Marvel, maybe. Well, these days, I think they're, they're, their line overall may it may the continuity is a mess, but I think their titles are sh- are stronger overall. Right. But right. Um, I mean, Marvel's got Marvel's got plenty some good stuff too. Hey and man, the three the three issues we we reviewed this week, good stuff. Yeah, they were good good stuff. So mm-hmm. Marvel's got some they got some gems out there. Yeah, they do. They no doubt about do. it. No doubt about it. And my my only concern is that DC. Uh, I don't know, Stephen. I'm a little worried. Yeah, it's not necessarily the talent; it's the corporation that controls yeah, it. I'm a little worried. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Fingers we'll see crossed. What happens? All right, my friend. Until next time, viva la revolution. <laughs>